This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 81 of Small Talk. I'm your host, Michelle Smallman. We've got a unique podcast here for you this week. So Rudy and I team up for a mega, and I mean mega, love is blind breakdown. Now, normally when Steve and I tape, we have such a vast buffet of topics, and we talk for such a long period of time that we tend to break it up into two separate podcasts to spread out the content. But we had so much stuff on love is blind that we said, you know what, screw it. Let's just drop a double CD. We'll make it one long pod on one one specific topic. So that's what you're going to get. A little change of pace. Now, this is important. We taped this earlier in the week, and since we taped this podcast, our worlds have drastically changed. The world has drastically changed. The coronavirus has halted every major sporting event. People are being quarantined. People are very sick. And those that aren't are anxious and they're scared. It's a disconcerting time, and we hope that if you're listening to this podcast, since you don't have sports as a way to escape the real world, maybe the two of us breaking down a reality dating show like it's the G8 Summit can make you laugh and take you away for just a little bit. If you've watched Love is Blind, buckle up. If you haven't, pause this podcast and get it done. I don't want to hear any excuses. There's no sports. You've got the time. All right. This week's episode is going to be a little different. We have an emergency Saruti podcast. Steve is here. Steve, hello. What's up? So I get a text, I don't know what, Steve, roughly a week ago from you. Yeah, just being like, are you aware of the (laughs) phenomenon that's taking over society? And we're not talking about coronavirus. We're talking about a certain show on Netflix. Yes, not coronavirus. We were quarantined in our house for another reason, another terrible reason. It's called Love is Blind, and it's on Netflix. And for those who have not seen Love is Blind, first of all, how dare you? What are you doing with your lives? Why have you not watched Love is Blind? Second of all, apologies, because that's all this pod is going to be about, is Steve and I breaking down this show, Love is Blind. I love it. And you know what? I'm pleasantly surprised to be doing this pod because at the Saruti household, typically we do some surfing. We try to figure out what we want to watch. Is there a series? Is there a movie? And, you know, we kind of alternate based on what our preferences are. Like I'm into sci-fi, like adventure, whatever stuff. I just finished up watching The Expanse. If you haven't seen that, you should watch it. It's awesome. And Maddie's like, I want to watch this show, Love is Blind. And I was like, ugh. I hate The Bachelor. I hate all those shows. I mean, I only watched like that one season of The Bachelor when Chad was on it when we were doing it on the Zillow show because yeah. like it was hilarious. JoJo um, season. But it, and we only yeah. watched it because it was, um, what's his name, Jordan Rogers. Oh, and there Jordan was an Rogers, Aaron yeah. Rodgers NFL tie. So we definitely wanted to talk about it. Yeah. And I should say this too. I did watch Very Cavalry like the first season and a half, and I enjoyed that. But I was kind of like, I don't know. That, that to me has gotten old too. I just don't really like it. So I'm not a big reality show, especially love reality show guy. But I actually am pleasantly surprised, and I'm happy Maddie made me watch it because I'm here now talking about it. I have a lot of opinions. Yeah, we have a lot of thoughts. So to back up just a bit, I get a text last week from Steve saying, have you watched Love is Blind on Netflix? And I was like, no, I don't even know what that is. And he's like, stop what you were doing. We have to do a pod breakdown on this. So I Google it, Love is Blind Netflix, and I pull up the description, and it is a reality dating show about people who meet each other in these pods and it's basically a room where you can't see anything other than what looks like a frozen type situation it would be waterfall deal i don't even know yeah yeah, it's what i would imagine elsa has to walk through in frozen to get to the winter i don't really know how else to describe it but you thank you you sit in this room you're looking at the frozen screen and you're talking to other people so you're falling for people and dating them 
without ever having seen them. Hence the name Love is Blind. And as Steve said, he's not really a reality TV guy. It is well documented, well noted that I live for reality TV. So when Steve texts me, we need to do Love is Blind on the pod, I dropped everything I was doing and was like, yup, you better believe I'm binging this so we can do it on the pod. And first of all, before we even break this down, I can't believe that you watched every episode. After I've gone through it, I was like, yes, it's addicting like most reality TV, but for you to sit through all of this as ridiculous as it is, my hat's off to you, Steve. So here's the thing, though, and I think they did a really good job of this because The Bachelor is like excruciatingly long and thorough, and I can't do that. What was this, like six episodes? It wasn't that long. Oh, my God, and- Steve, there were ten. Okay, there were 10 episodes. It was a lot. But still, like, what's the, ba- lot. what's the season of The Bachelor? There's, like, multiple two-hour episodes where, it's, <laughs> you know, it's basically the coast of, like, three, what is it, like, 20 episodes, and they're all, like, two hours each. That is insane. This was, I felt like, a very bite-sized, manageable thing to watch where I feel like I got all the juice, but I didn't feel like I was wasting my time or, like, it was very redundant. I thought it was really well done. And we'll talk about the reunion episode as well, which I'm glad they did, too, because that was explosive as all hell. But I watched the first episode. Explosive. I was I definitely did not go in with an open mind, but I quickly like, found myself actually pretty interested in what was going to happen. And, you know, by the time episode two or three are in, you just have to know what happened. You have and to know. I think they did a good job and they moved it along really nicely. And so I have to say I'm pleasantly surprised. I did really enjoy it. I don't think I would have wanted to watch a ton more, although if there was a season two, I'd probably watch season two. But uh, it was the perfect sort of bite-sized show that had a lot of drama, an interesting premise. Obviously, you know, you could binge it. So it really checked everything off for somebody who was very skeptical going in, and it had to be hooked probably after one or two episodes. Yeah, I was hooked after I even saw the open. I mean, it's so deliciously cheesy. It's this cheesy music and these people who are flirting with each other, but they can't see each other. Okay, so before we even get into all that, let's break it down because we're going to be talking about the different experiences that these people had. So the first experience is them being in these pods where they can't see each other, but they're communicating and quote unquote dating, then meeting each other, then the people who have taken the next step, we'll get to that later, end up going on a trip to Mexico. Then they live together, they meet each other's families, they have a bachelor-bachelorette party, they have a wedding where both of them have to say I do, and then the post-game, a.k.a. the reunion show. So we're going to go through all of this (laughs) experience by experience and break it down. So first we have to start with the pods. So I have to tell you, I wasn't really into the pods just because I don't think that we got enough context as to what their relationships were. So you're getting bits and pieces of these people dating multiple people, having these conversations, and some of it is intimate, a lot of it is surface level, and they're taking notes as they're doing this, and they keep calling it the experiment. And it definitely is an experiment to see if this is all going to play out IRL in real life as they move forward. But as I'm watching this go down in the pods, I'm thinking every time you communicate with someone, their body language says so much. The way they look at you says so much. Are you able to pick up sarcasm in a certain way? I understand that the premise is, can I fall for your personality based on just that alone and not what you look like? But I also think there is a lot of nonverbal stuff that you pick up when you talk to someone in person. So that's got to be really difficult. Well, my first thought, too, is I don't believe in the premise. First off, I love how they try to make it seem like it's this really cool thing, like the experiment. It's not an experiment. You're doing a reality show, so settle down. We're not, like, reinventing the wheel here. Yeah, what is this, Lost? 
Yeah, the like Dharma I will, Initiative. I will say, they could have gone one of two ways. I would like to see one where they did go the other way. Everyone on the show was reasonably good looking. Like yes. I don't think there was anybody that was super beat. No. So no. if that's in the back of my mind, I'm going, okay, I don't know what this person looks like. But there's a good chance that they're not like a four, right? So it's a flawed premise right off the bat. Everyone's going to be at least some degree. I, I would say everyone was like a seven or above. But you didn't now, know that, though, watching. I mean, I think. They I didn't think know did. that, I mean. Like, oh, they yeah, didn't know. I, mm, I think the guys could take a look around the room and the girls could take a look around the room and realize that everyone is kind of not beat. So that's probably the theme here. But hold on. Wouldn't you though be looking around the room and being like, okay, not everybody's beat, but this is a quote experiment. So they're going to have to throw some sort of a twist into this. I just assumed that they're assuming everybody on the other end of this isn't very attractive because otherwise why would it be an experiment? You know? No, I see. I assume the exact opposite. I assume that everyone would be okay. You know, like it wasn't going to be a, a wow, oh my God kind of situation. But still, someone could be attractive and then they just might not be their type. or Well, you know what I mean? You know, people are attracted to different things. Different things make people attractive. Mm-hmm. But there was nobody that stood out. First and foremost, I didn't feel like there was a major risk in that. I would like to see one where it was just totally all over the place. Totally all over the place. Because I think that would be interesting. Seven or above, by the way, that's pretty generous out of you. Yeah, maybe not a seven. <laughs> and I don't even know. I don't even think there were any... I mean, listen, I don't, I don't want to sound like whatever, but I don't think anybody was insanely hot either. No, like, it they was, thought it was they kind were. of somewhere in the middle. Oh, my God, yeah. They thought they were tens, and I think that that is all that really matters. Yeah, and so, I mean, back to the pod, I definitely don't believe in the premise. I just don't. And I think you saw a lot of that happen. I think the people that ended up together and getting married were attracted to each other, so that's why it worked out. And there's a prime example of Kenny and Kelly, who seemed perfect, and it didn't work out because they weren't physically attracted. Well, one of them wasn't physically attracted to the other one. So I reject the premise, but I like the idea. The pods themselves, though, I just know that I would have been the worst in there. Like, I would have not been very receptive. I would have been, this is stupid, typical negative thing shit. Because I just wouldn't have believed in the premise. I was surprised, too, Michelle. Like, the dudes were way more emotional than the girls. Way more emotional. I agree with you. And I wonder if that's because they were forced into vulnerability you're in this space where you're trying to just talk to somebody and when all that other physical stuff is taken away you're just forced to communicate and you're trying to get to know somebody at a rapid speed right so if I'm trying to get to know you and I'm asking you about your family and your background and your life experience you have to kind of go there to really find out if you're connecting with someone or not and so I think for guys that's probably not something they do typically when they're dating women it's more like oh what's your job like what do you do not hey let me tell you about how my dad gave me up and didn't want me yeah that's fair so I think they might have been forced into it and it might have been more of an unnatural or foreign experience for them to tap into their emotions whereas you know, not to generalize, but I think most women are more comfortable sitting in that. We're more comfortable sharing and being vulnerable and being emotional. Probably. That just did strike me is that especially some of the dudes that were big dudes were the ones that cried the most. And I was just kind of caught off guard by that. But I don't know. I'm sure there was so much about the pods like you were saying that we didn't even see. I mean, there was, what was there, like 15 total people on each side, on each gender. So maybe around 30. I don't know. It felt like that. And we really only got to know a handful of them. Mm-hmm. In fact, do you remember the guy that kept talking to Barnett or who, no, kept talking to, was it Mark or Barnett? It was Barnett. It, it was like this, 
He was like this random guy that kept talking. He was basically the guy's life coach. We never saw him like, other than that. Yeah, I was like, what is this guy doing besides just, honestly, I was sitting there. I was like, is he into girls? Like, I didn't, because he was more into, like, talking to the, the other dudes. But, I'm, but I don't know if that's the way that they portrayed it. But I found out later, I don't, I don't know if this drive confirmed it, but there was, like, a rumor or something that he actually married someone from this thing. So what? they just didn't show him because it was a different thing. And then people, like, they didn't show everyone. Different people went to different resorts, and they should show the people that went to Mexico. Like I said, this could all be a total rumor but i just found it funny like the other people that never really got a sniff of anything and why they didn't oh my god some hot goss from reddit from the love is blind reddit page. i know what's up deep dive stuff. Deep dive. i'm so with you though i'm like who is this guy where is he coming from all of a sudden barnett would be playing pool and it would be like tell me your feelings and all the girls yeah. and i was like why is this guy so interested in everybody else all the, all the other two Stuff. Like, who, is he in the pod? Like, who is this guy? Yeah, so was, was he a plant? Did production what was his just name? I forget his name. Uh, yeah, we need to Google it. But I, I've wondered. I'm like, did production plan him here to just ask Barnett yeah. questions? That's what I thought. He's basically just moving this thing around. He's like a producer on air who's just moving the conversation along, and asking everyone about their stuff. Barnett, and, tell uh, me, but are you afraid of Amber? What is going on? Yeah, I mean, you should be afraid of Amber. But the, and the other thing too is, I found it weird that obviously. You know, they would meet in the pods and then they would go back to their rooms or whatever. And especially in, in the girls one, when people who were interested in the same guy, really Barnett, were like talking about him and about how the connections they made. And then you can hear someone else who also made a connection with Barnett. That would immediately put me off and be like, all right, we're good. We're done here. Yeah. But then also, while you're hearing that, you can't really fault the other person for making connections when you're also dating all these other people. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely not for me. I think obviously there was a vibe of all the people in there that you know, they were super desperate. They just wanted to be famous. Mm-hmm. But and I, maybe not all of them. Like I don't think like Kelly. I don't think was in that situation. Uh, and we'll mm-hmm. get to our rankings later because yeah. I was very disappointed with how that ended up. But I don't know. There were just so many weird, quirky things about the pod. It, we didn't really get to see a lot, and we only got to see a lot about specific people, specifically Barnett. Yeah, uh, which we'll get to. I'm sure. Okay, so a couple of pod observations from me, because I took notes throughout this thing, okay? When Steve says, we're doing a pod breakdown on a reality dating show, you better believe that I'm so into it and I'm coming prepared. So some pod observations from me, Steve, your reaction. First of all, I kept thinking the entire time how much you would have absolutely loathed being in the pods, and I think you would have just walked out and been like, we're good here, whereas I think I would have done, out of every portion of this experiment, I would have done the best in the pods. I 100% agree, and I 100% thought of that as well. I was like, Michelle would thrive in the pod for sure, (laughs) and I would be so bored and annoyed by every little thing. I'd be annoyed by all the other dudes. Like, I would, the dudes would easily piss me off the most because all of them were just so dramatic sometimes. So dramatic. Yeah, and I just, I don't think I'd have the patience. And then, honestly, like, the underrated part is the stamina of it. Like, to have to talk yes. to all those people in that amount of time, you're like, oh, my God, like, this is work. It sucks. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, like, feeling, so it's draining. Yeah, so I would have failed miserably in there and probably hung out in the lounge and played FIFA. Observation number two, are you surprised that they were allowed to drink so much in the pods? Um, I think it was actually a good idea because I think – Listen, it's going to make you open up more, right? And I think for someone like me, even too, like I wouldn't be able to do that super sober. I would need a couple of drinks in me to really get going. And I think 
it's in a lot of ways truth serum. So I think that was a good idea. Now, the alcohol thing definitely came back to bite a few people later on, not in <laughs> yeah. the pods, but more, more so after they met each other and yes. figured everything going out. But in the pods themselves, I thought that was fine. I mean, some people certainly overdid it. I love the sweatpants vibe and the couch. I would have been like basketball shorts and a t-shirt just totally. hanging out. That was fun. Uh, um, it was funny. Like the first episode, you see everyone's wearing nice shirt, pants, whatever, a dress. And then by like the second episode, everyone's just wearing sweatpants. Okay. So that was my next observation is why sometimes were they in suits and bodycon dresses and other times no makeup, sweatpants, chilling? I think they just figured out the vibe. They realized that, like, well, well, who am I? You know, I know this is on television, but I'm not trying to impress this person physically right now. So I might as well be comfortable. And if I'm going to be in here for, like, however many hours, I might as well just, you know, be physically comfortable. Yeah, I would have been like, oh, wait, they can't see me. Where are my sweatpants? Give them to me right now. (laughs) Especially if you're drinking, you want to be comfortable lounging on the couch. Okay, next observation. Do you think that you would have laid on the couch or would you have paced around or would you have sat close to the frozen wall? Because I noticed that everybody was different. Some people would sit Indian style close to the wall because I assumed wanted to feel closer to the person. Other people like Barnett was lounging on the couch, pillow between his legs, chilled out. Other people were pacing back and forth. So I think that's almost a reflection of what you do when you're on the phone with someone, right? I know someone that when they're on the phone, they pace back and forth all the time. It's just what they do. Other people can lay in bed and talk on the phone so what would you have done what would have been your style probably all a little bit of the three but i'm a pay i'm definitely a pacer i would have been up around walking a lot for sure i'm more of a lay on the coucher but then i was thinking man if you're stuck in these pods all day you're not really getting any exercise good way to get your steps in yeah i mean literally like as we were just doing this i just walked up the stairs and (laughs) i'm now upstairs because i just whenever i do like whatever radio hits or things like that too i can't just sit down and do it i have to move around i weirdly whenever i do radio hits like to do them in my car i like to sit in my car and be on bluetooth Yeah, I used to do that when we did, have, didn't have service in the house, but I think we've seemed to fix that. I mean, I've done many a pod sitting in my driveway talking to you. So. <laughs> Love that. A few more pod observations and we'll move on. Steve, Jessica, we're going to get to Jessica. Mm-hmm. There's so much to really just deep dive in on Jessica. But my first observation that I wrote down about Jessica was I think she is the reverse Elizabeth Holmes. And by that, I mean, when she talks in her confessionals, she has a regular, oftentimes Uh. deeper voice. Anytime she's around a male or she gets alcohol in her, it becomes a really high, squeaky, baby voice. She is the reverse Elizabeth Holmes. Very, very good observation. She's a disaster, like a disaster. (laughs) Messica, they call her. Messica. Immediately didn't like her. Immediately didn't like her. She was awful from the get-go and it only somehow got worse from there on out and you're right the voice thing oh it is that's the thing and i don't know it you tell me from the the girl's perspective is that a nervous thing because that's not attractive oh my god i I couldn't even hear anything she was saying because it was so ridiculous we talked about baby voice remember we talked about this on another pod some dudes like it i guess Oh, I mean, Mark's a whole other story. I will get to him in a second, too. But, I mean, I would be like, Jessica, if this is going to go any further, you cannot talk like that. I cannot. (laughs) I cannot have this happening. I could never get over it. could never not hear that. And she would, yeah, you're right. She would put it on, like, aggressively. I felt like the more flustered she got and the more she drank or whatever, like, she just completely fell apart. Yeah, she did. But literally, she'd be in her confessionals being like, you know, I think I'm really connecting with Barnett. Our relationship seems to be progressing. And then she's in the pods and she's like, hey, B, how are you? I miss you. I'm like, why do these guys like her? I can't understand. And then... 
to even put that further, same thing with Barnett. Not in the voice, but I felt like when he was in his confessional, he was very introspective and seemed more normal. When he was in the pods, he was such a tool. I'm sitting here thinking, why do all these girls like him? He's just shooting the shit with all of them and acting like kind of a douche. Yeah, this is a classic example of the whole, oh, he made me laugh thing. Okay. <laughs> this guy is a clown. Like, like all, How you found that charming to me is insane. Now, Same. again, again, we didn't see all of it. So, like, I'm sure they picked the, the elite of the elite things that went down. Maybe he wasn't like that all the time. But, I mean, he was so forward and childish that I'm like, but how does anyone who's looking for a husband find this attractive? And I know. It just goes to show that I think that some girls, I don't know. I don't even know. Cause I immediately know that that would not be your thing. But it was amazing to me that, like, Barnett was, like, the ladies' man of the group. And I'm like, this guy is such a clown. Like, he's, <laughs> he's everything he says is, like, that of a 10-year-old boy. I couldn't agree more. I was sitting there watching this being like, three women are in love with this guy, and he's acting like he's 12. I can't understand it. Like, the jokes he would tell would be so bad. So bad. So bad. And listen, I know when you're dating, everyone's done it. You laugh at bad jokes. It's what it is. That's just what happens, right? A C-plus joke is, you know, you get an A-plus laugh out of it. And that happens until you actually get to know each other. So I understand that. But he was just firing away with just these horrible jokes. And he was so forward and weird that I was just surprised. But again, I think the people that were attracted to him, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised that they were attracted to his type of guy. Yes. So... Three girls were in love with Barnett, Jessica, Amber, and then this girl, Elsie. And I want to touch on Elsie quickly for one reason, because we're never going to talk about her again after this. When she thought Barnett was going to propose to her and he didn't, and then it was her confessional, and she was like, why the fuck does this keep happening to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> She was like, That's right. I always like guys so much, and they're so unsure about me. Why the fuck is this always happening? <laughs> oh, man. That's so depressing. And honestly, I laughed so hard, and I thought, that is one of the best lines of the show. It was so raw and real, and she was just like, it was like a Nancy Kerrigan moment where she was just like, why? Yeah, that was, I totally forgot about that, but... Yeah, now that you bring that up, that was as clear as day. That was that was funny as hell. And she's so cute and so nice, and he totally strung her along and made her seem oh, yeah. like he loved her. I really appreciated that response so much because Jessica got bitchy and angry and vindictive, and Elsie oh. instead was like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jessica's steel. Uh, here's the thing, too, is like I know he comes off as looking like the dick, Barnett, but I actually do kind of... I don't know. You're emotional and you're saying things. And when you really sit back and you have some time to think about it, some things you say in the heat of the moment you don't actually mean. So right. for me, I thought I actually didn't knock him. I'm sure a lot of people would go, oh, Barnett's such a dick, you know, but I right. actually kind of I actually kind of understood and respected that he was able to think about it and was like, you know what? She's not for me. I'm going to go with Amber instead of making it go any further. She was just mad that she didn't pick him. And then she was just mad because when they finally saw each other, he was more her type than Mark right. was. Okay, well, let's get to that then. So after these people communicated for a few days behind the frozen wall, they got to know each other. And then in order for them to actually see one another face to face, they had to propose. They had to say, hey, I'm in love with you. Will you marry me? And the other party had to say yes. And then they had this big reveal where the doors would open and they would meet each other. It was very dramatic. So there was one, two, three, four, 
were five, six couples that proposed. So we're going to go through them one-on-one and give a little yeah. background about them actually meeting each other. So I want to start with Kenny and Kelly. So Kenny yeah. and Kelly, throughout the pods, we never really saw them. And then all of a sudden yeah. it was like, boom, will you marry me? We're seeing each other. We're in love. I was like, where did these two come from? Who are these people? So I think they did the most strategery if you will, with that couple, with Kenny and Kelly, because their abrupt ending sort of thing was totally out of left field. Totally. And they must have just not been showing us stuff because yeah. they were the one that for the entire time, you're like, oh, they're the one, they're definitely getting married. And so, yes, like you didn't see a ton of them in the pod. And then when I saw them in person, I'm like, oh, they actually kind of work. They're both kind of the same attractiveness level. Like, he seems like a really nice guy. She, she seems like totally normal, which is weird for someone that's in this show, because how could people be normal in this show? Right. She seems just like a normal person. They that, were normal. Like, they were both really yeah, nice so and normal. Initially, they were up there as far as like one of my favorite couples, for sure, for a lot of different reasons. But yeah, like we didn't really get to see them a lot in the pod. But, you know, obviously, I think they were like a major player the rest of the show. Agreed. The next couple. I want to talk about is Giannina and Damien. And honestly, I don't know whose proposal was worse. Damien went, it's like he blacked out and started trying to talk like he was Shakespeare or give something super deep and romantic. Like, I will give you every piece of me. The super super hyperbole filled faux romantic proposal and then Giannina is like I do not accept because I do not do roles like that and I want to ask you to marry me and I'm like you know what those are the two worst proposals I've ever heard in my entire life you two belong together so we're going to do the rankings of couples whatever least to favorite you know least favorite to favorite I feel like it almost should be tears because they're too low on my dislike list but I really do dislike them. I really dislike <laughs> both of them a lot. Both of them. They were both so annoying. So annoying. And, you know, he's such an odd guy in that I think he took a lot of things way too seriously and mm-hmm. literally. And But she was also the exact opposite of him. And, you know, was throwing all this stuff in his face when he was trying to have a serious conversation. We just, like, whip out her phone. And he was like, I don't want you to have your phone right now. And he would be very straightforward and direct with her. But... I didn't like them in the pod. I hated the proposal from her end. I thought that was so unnecessary and weird and her trying so hard. And, I mean, I thought they were screwed. I didn't think they had any chance. But I don't know. My first impression of both of them was, like, not a huge fan. I wasn't a huge fan of either of them, and I also thought your crazy matches up with each other. But they're such different crazies. Like, yes. he is literally crazy. Literally. He is the silent, but oh my God, this guy's actually crazy, but I don't really know it. Like, it's not outwardly obvious to me. Right. But he would snap on, like, random things. Yes. And, but whereas I think she's just actually crazy. She is, like, the calculated crazy, where she's like, I'm going to push you and push you and push you until you explode. And then be like, oh my God, what? And he's the oh one that blacks out and has, like, a rage moment. And then is like, oh, shit. What? Can we talk about this, too? I, I totally forgot about it. She's the self-sabotage one, right? Yeah, she's the oh self-sabotager. Which is the worst excuse. Brought up like a bunch of times. Like, you know I self-sabotage. And I'm like, no, that's just you being an idiot. <laughs> you don't have to do that. 
you are the one that's making this stuff up. Make a conscious decision to not do that, to not whip your phone out. So I, I always found like the self-sabotage thing was such a dumb excuse for you just not having your head screwed on straight. Yeah, totally agree. All right, next couple I want to hit on is Diamond and Carlton. Diamond, oh, the former professional NBA dancer, and Carlton, obviously the man who has had relationships with both men and women, but kept that a secret and didn't tell Diamond until later, which we'll get into. But, you know, he loved her. He proposed to her. They ended up you know, meeting each other. And I thought their meeting out of all the meetings was really cute because he was like, oh my God, you're fly. And she's like, no, you're fly. And they just seemed to really vibe when they met each other in person. Yeah, but you knew that one was screwed from the start. You knew knew that that one was going to go down in flames. And listen, by the way, Diamond, who Barnett was like, oh, are you a stripper? I think as soon as he heard her name, yeah, which is another one of Barnett's stupid jokes uh, that wasn't that funny. But we didn't see them for a long time, but they was definitely went out with a bang. I, yeah, we'll I mean, the that. idea that he, the idea, I mean, we'll, I, we'll get to the, you know, the Mexico stuff in a bit, but I don't know. I always kind of thought that they were a little bit weird and I always thought he was a little bit weird and, you know, I didn't really have a great read on them, but obviously we knew about him, you know, being bi thing and him not telling her. You just always knew that was going to be a grenade to whatever relationship they were trying to build. Also, I understand that Diamond didn't like that Barnett said, are you a stripper? But girl, that cannot be the first time you've heard that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not saying lie. it's right, but that's not a great name. But it, it can't be the yeah. first time someone has made a stripper joke at your yeah. name. I would be annoyed by that, though. I'm totally sure, even if it's not the first time I'd be like, OK, dude, yep, I've heard this before. You're hilarious. You right. Know? That's my whole point. I'm totally in agreement that she had every right to be annoyed by it. But she acted so shocked that he would say that. And I'm like, girl, your name is a common stripper Diamond. name. Yeah, Diamond. I yep. can't imagine you've one. gone 30 plus years in your life and no one's been like, <laughs> did your mom name you after a stripper at the cabaret? I just, more or less, I can't imagine that someone else didn't make that terrible joke. Yeah, it's definitely not the first time she's heard it. Definitely not the first time. Okay, moving on because we have so much more to get to. Lauren and Cameron. Cameron, the scientist from Maine. Lauren, she's African-American, adorable, gorgeous, love, love, love Lauren. And they got together, really liked each other, but they were like, hey, we're in, you know, what is it called? A biracial relationship here. And that is going to have its own challenges out in the real world. I was surprised that they sort of connected. They were, to me, I think the most surprising couple. But from the first episode, I really liked her. I don't think I didn't really get a great read on him really at all. He was kind of quiet and shy, which I think is funny now that you see him pictured. I think there was him at like a Knicks game the other day wearing like a green suit. He has clearly embraced everything about (laughs) his new life. I love that, Um, by the way, you have gotten, I just finished this this morning, this show. I love that you have gotten, oh, these people got married. I've seen him at courtside of the Knicks game. Like you have followed them now that this is over and I love it. Yeah, I mean, I created a segment on our show, on our basketball show, Scallon Palace, called like, Love is Blind NBA Edition, where I <laughs> took two blind resumes of players and had Scal pick which one he thought was better. And it would be like, all right, Andrew Wiggins versus Jason Tatum. But like, I could make the stats look a certain way to make yes. it look like Andrew Wiggins was actually better. Just to prove, you know, basically stats lie in the same way that people lie when they're in a, in a pod talking about how they want to get married to somebody. Right. So, yeah, this show has provided me a lot of content in the last couple of cases, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not afraid to say it. I was thoroughly uh, entertained. But I would say that I really liked them as a couple getting back to them. Lauren, I liked immediately, like I said. Cameron, I always found a little bit weird, and I don't know. I just couldn't get a good read on him, but ultimately I thought he was an all right dude. 
Yeah, I really liked both of them, so let's move on because the crazy was not there. So Barnett ends up choosing Amber, much to Jessica's dismay, and they meet Barnett and Amber, and I got to tell you, when I looked at them both getting ready for that moment, and he was in the cowboy boots and she was in the super deep V, I thought, you guys are way more similar than I thought you were in the pods. Because in the pods... Barnett kept saying, I am afraid of Amber. She's an ex, what was she? An ex tank mechanic. mechanic. An ex tank mechanic. <laughs> yeah. Who thought. I love the entire show. The entire show, they lower thirded her as uh, <laughs> Amber, ex tank mechanic. I laughed every time I saw it. And you know what? Her ex career could not have fit her more. She's a very scary girl. I mean, her personality is very erratic. She is high energy, threatens a lot of people's lives. She always talks about how she's going to beat everybody up. She seems like the type of girl that you could be dancing at a bar and then you look at Barnett and say, hey, what's up? And then she smashes a Bud Light bottle on the bar mm-hmm. and puts it to your throat. She not on, is going to kill that, you. Like she opens it up with her teeth. Too. Yes. That's the kind of girl Amber is. Yep. Totally. And so at first I thought, oh, I don't think Barnett is going to be into this. She's kind of a low budget girl. And then he showed up in those painted cowboy mm-hmm. boots, I thought, mm, there may be something no, here. Good. Yeah, they're yep, good. They're good. <laughs> they're good I, here. I'm glad. Well, maybe for, I don't know. Like, I don't know what, what would have been more entertaining if he had picked Jessica or Amber. Obviously, Amber is super entertaining, so you wanted her to be around. But yes. I don't feel like he would have liked, I don't know. I don't think he would have liked Jessica. I mean, I think he made the right choice. I don't really like either of them particularly a ton. But Jessica is not someone that I, I think you could po- ever possibly be in a relationship with. And no. at least Amber kind of knows who she is, and they're very similar. So I actually didn't dislike them a lot. They're just not my kind of person. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, so speaking of Jessica, she goes in to see Barnett and says, don't you still love me? And he's like, mm, I don't think so. And she's like, oh, shit. And the day before, she had basically dumped Mark, who she had a connection with the entire time, because she's like, sorry, buddy. I know you're from Chicago, and we both like Italian beef and the Cubs, but like, I'm really vibing with Barnett. And so Mark was devastated. So then once she realized, Ooh, man, Barnett is not going to pick me. She goes scurrying back to Mark, being like, babe, babe, I love you, babe. I'm so sorry. And he's like, cool. Will you marry me? And so when they met each other, I could tell from the second she saw him that she was like, uh-oh, this was not who I thought it would be. Yeah, everybody can do it. Well, here's the thing, too, is that she kept harping on the age and the height thing. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, clearly the entire time she was just trying to make excuses for why this wasn't going to work out. So everyone, for some reason, except for Mark, saw that, saw the writing on the wall. And, you know, yeah, I think she just wanted to be a part of the show. So she was like, you know what, I'll go back to Mark and I'll let this thing go out a little bit longer because, like, I'm not ready to go home yet. I don't think she ever actually liked Mark. Um, I think, you know, she constantly kept bringing random things up. They are two of my least favorite people. I mean, we'll do the rankings in a while, but individually, they are two of my least favorite people. So then after everyone proposes, they see one another, the production crew is like, hey, congrats, you're engaged after knowing each other for a few days, so we're going to fly you to Mexico so that you can get to know each other one-on-one and have some sexy time. And once they get to Mexico, you really start to see, okay, you guys vibed with each other essentially through a wall. Is this going to work in person? And I'm just going to give a couple observations here and we'll, cause there's so much we could do from the Mexico trip. First thing, Kelly and Kenny kind of came out of nowhere. We didn't really know about their relationship. And while they seemed like the two most normal, clearly Kelly did not want to have sex with Kenny. They were both 
equally boring and lame. And all she kept saying was, we're giving each other sweet kisses. We're giving each other sweet kisses. Mm-hmm. I literally wrote in my notes, say sweet kisses one more time. I, if I was so, Kenny, I'd be like, listen, I understand if you don't want to hook up. If you say, let's give each other sweet kisses one more time, I'm yeah. out. I am out of here. Yeah, so you know what I was confused about? And this is why maybe it caught me by surprise. Was um remember when they met at that like tiki bar afterwards? And, like mm-hmm. everyone was basically saying, "Hey, did you bang or did you not bang?" Yeah, <laughs> I thought I thought everybody banged except for Mark and Jessica. So I was confused when they were having that conversation. A couple, I must have missed something in the moment. Yeah, that they didn't. So that kind of caught me by surprise because the entire time I'm going, they reminded me of the couple that had been together for 50 years yeah, already. Totally. You know what I mean? But they had kind of just met. So I never paid them any mind, just thinking, okay, yeah, this is all good, we're fine. They're like the classic case of why like this isn't really a real thing, I think, is because she was never really attracted to him. You must have been checking Twitter or something during that space because there was a full conversation on the bed in robes of her saying, I just want to wait. Let's give each other sweet no, kisses. Yeah, I remember that. But I, for some reason, I remember them being silent when Mark and Jessica were basically like, yeah, we didn't have sex. And it was like, oh, okay. That's weird. All my attention was everybody else bang except Mark and, Mark and Jessica, and that was not the case. So, yes. I don't know. I was asleep at the wheel. Yeah, you were. You were asleep at the wheel. Well, you were probably too busy wrapped up in the fact that Jessica clearly was not vibing with Mark. And I will say this. As annoying as Jessica is, and as much as everyone wants to hate on her, I'm going to defend her on one thing. Mark is a little on the smaller side, and Jessica likes a big man, okay? Some of us just like (laughs) a big man, and I don't think we should be vilified for that, okay? No, it's not that she was being vilified. (laughs) She just kept sitting on the fence about that and the age difference, and it's like, we get it. Figure it out. It's not going to change, so just either accept it or don't accept it, and I was more embarrassed for Mark because I'm like, dude, you are clearly the only person here that doesn't get what's going on and he was so blinded by like oh this is my person this is my person which is terrifying that someone could basically repeatedly reject you and you're like nope it's my person it's my person and then obviously you know what happened at the end what happened is is what happened and it probably should have happened but i was just embarrassed for mark the entire time because i'm like dude you're better than this man like why are you acting like this is the only girl you're 24 years old first off are you that hell-bent on getting married right now to this girl who clearly doesn't have strong feelings for you and is basically openly telling you that she actually loved barnett i mean she literally said that in bed when she was hammered that she was more attracted to Barnett and he was just like okay I'll sleep on the couch tonight and the next day it was fine Mark I think is my least favorite person on the show but to your point he is 24 so I don't think he really knew what he wanted I think he was probably like wow I had this deep emotional connection with someone Jessica is super pretty and he probably saw her and was like wow oh my god and I mean he's a fitness instructor that lives with his buddy and his buddy's girlfriend and sleeps on a busted mattress he probably got out of an alleyway with mismatching brown sheets and she's got this dope house and a gold retriever and a six-figure job of course he was into her in a way i related to mark though i was annoyed by him probably most i was the most annoyed by him but i remember being in high school and i dated this girl for a long time i was you know about it was like six years on and off right and at that point in your life you think that this is the most important thing like you think this is the only person you're ever going to meet like this is my person blah 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 blah. and you like overlook a lot of things that are kind of red flags and I'm so glad, and this is nothing against her, like, she's a fine person, it is what it is, but I'm very glad that it didn't work out because if I had gone down that path and kept going down that path, it wasn't going to be right for me, right? And I think Mark, in the same way, he was, like, blinded by this thing of, oh, I just need to get married, I want to start a family, I want to do all these things, this is my person. 
when he was ignoring all of these signs that no freaking way she is not your person. You're 24. You have many more years to figure it out. You don't need to marry this person right now who clearly is basically making you – he was like a second-class citizen the entire time to Barnett, who was the girl, who was the guy that she really wanted. So right. I was frustrated by Mark, but I guess I could relate to him. But I also think that was Jessica's point is exactly what you just said. He kept saying, nope, babe, love you, love you, you're my person. And she's like, but you're 24. When we were 24, we thought – I thought that too, and it wasn't no. reality. And listen, no, I'm not justifying her because she sucks. Jessica – yeah, Jessica was, I think Jessica was just saying that because she was just trying to make up excuses because she kept, remember the thing about his mom too? He, oh. he said some random thing about his mom and then she blew it out of proportion and was like, you always talk about your mom. And he was, he like literally just brought up his mom one time. He said his mom and was a they, strong woman and she screamed, I'm not your mom in his yeah, face. Yeah, and I was like, whoa, where did this come from? And clearly Psycho. it's Jessica who is just tr- trying to pull every ripcord to see, to, you know, find every problem with this relationship. When both of them should have been like, listen, this isn't going to work out. We should just go our separate ways. Okay, so to move through the other ones, Amber and Barnett, the more that they hung out in real life, you could see physically they were a match. Same thing Definitely. about Cameron and Lauren. They were good right off the bat. Now, Definitely. I want to touch a little bit on Giannina and Damien because I thought it was super interesting how she was so ready to have sex. And he was like, no, no, maybe we should oh. take our time. And she was like, do you want dessert? And he's like, yes. And she's like, I am dessert. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he seemed like he didn't want to do it. Yeah, that would be a big turnoff for me. I'm not going to lie. So I was kind of on his side on that. Like, I'm not really that interested in someone who's that eager right away. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just, that would put me off. So I, I actually understood why, he, obviously, you're attracted. That's fine. It's more of like a mindset thing of, all right, let's just take it easy here. We don't need, you know what I mean? I felt like she was sort of really rushing into things, and that would have made me uncomfortable. So I sort of, uh, I sort of understood why he was a little bit, and again, that kind of goes into why she's a little, I felt like she was a little bit crazy, yeah. but then again, so was he, Right. but I did find that really uncomfortable. I will say I, I was sort of put off by that, and I understood what he was com- where he was coming from. Obviously, the big, big moment in Mexico came between Carlton and Diamond, so Carlton is like, you know, when he's doing his interviews and when he was in the pods, he's very soft-spoken and he's thoughtful with his words and he seems very in tune with his emotions and caring and just, you know, I didn't agree with him that he would keep the fact that he's bisexual from a woman that he proposed to and spring it on her after he's already proposed in real life. But there was a part of me that was hoping that she would accept him because he just seems so torn up about it. It clearly was torturing him and clearly was a sensitive subject and something that had caused him pain before other people hadn't accepted him. So while I didn't agree with the approach, I was kind of cheering for him. But then my man shows up in Mexico wearing a hat that says daddy, Acting like a completely different person. I was texting with our friend Peter Rosenberg, who was watching the show, and he had the best observation. I don't know if you've ever watched The Office, Steve, but he was like, this is like Date Mike from The Office when Michael Scott shows up in the Kangol hat and a button-down shirt and was like, I'm Date Mike, because that is what Carlton did. He went from being so sweet and concerned about this to showing up being like, yo, you going to call me daddy or what? (laughs) Yeah, he was clearly trying to, I don't know, hide whatever insecurities that he had. And I felt bad for him. I did. I mean, I thought I'm with you. Like, it was ridiculous that he didn't tell her in the pod because that's the whole point of the pod is to let people know who you are. And then, you know, the physical stuff comes later. Meanwhile, you leave out basically this major thing, which, again, I wish you would have handled it better. I mean, I don't know. I'm just speaking for myself. I just don't feel like it's that big of a deal. But 
Maybe it is to some people. It is what it is. I'm not going to whatever. If it's not a big deal, but you shouldn't be doing that. That should have happened in the pod. That should right. have clearly happened in the pod. But I do think they both sort of overreacted. Like he, when he told her, and she kind of was very standoffish about it, and then he threw his hat. I was like, what is happening right now? Like, this he is exploded. So weird. Exploded. Yeah. Well, he threw his hat, and I was like, this is that didn't seem like the proper response there. And I think that somehow made it worse too for her. He, he wasn't helping the situation by any means, but. You know, obviously the stuff by the pool was just an absolute disaster. And, you know, I know she said that we can get it to, you know, obviously the reunion afterwards. But, you know, people were thinking that she was some sort, you know, that she was like anti, you know, gay and this, this and that. And I didn't necessarily get that. I just think it's something that you drop on somebody and, you know, it's it's obviously a lot to to drop on someone. And, uh, you know, and then once he he didn't deal with with rejection very well. So it was just basically a dumpster fire after that point. But see, this is what I don't understand. I thought that... She was thrown an incredibly difficult curveball. And I actually thought she handled it super well. She was like, okay, you kept something major from me. The entire premise of this experiment is that we're going to get to know each other purely, know our souls, know who we are actually as people, and not see each other physically. But you kept a major part of yourself from me. Why did you do that? I'm going to need to take time to process this. He's sobbing. And then he goes bananas. He absolutely threw gas on something that was a little fire and called her a bitch and basically called out her weave. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Called out her wig, called her a bitch. And then I have to say, in addition to Elsie saying, why the fuck does this always happen to me? When she stormed (laughs) out and quoted Beyonce. (laughs) 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 You ain't married to no average bitch, boy. I was like, did she just quote Beyonce on the way out? (laughs) Yeah, apparently that was, you know, a massive thing on social media for her doing that. And it was funny, but it was so awkward. And you know what's funny, too, is he talked about we were talking about Giannina and her self-sabotage. I don't want to hear that. Like, he was the self-sabotage guy. Like, he made that situation way worse than I think it had to be for a number of different reasons. But, yeah, I mean, clearly it was uh, it was interesting to see him apologize later on, like, obviously in the, in the reunion show. But he handled that so poorly. Like, I put the blame mostly. I mean, the blame is mostly on him. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and obviously that's a really difficult thing to go through and have to tell someone. But I almost feel like it's easier to do it in the pod than it is to do it in it would, you almost yeah. have like an easy out in the pot to totally. be like, oh yeah, like, and then if you get rejected, then you get rejected. He just strung it along so far and was so insecure about it that it was, I mean, there was no chance it was going to work out. No chance. But I have to say that was one of the peak moments of the whole show between him throwing the hat that says daddy. He threw the ring when he was like, I don't give a shit about no ring and threw it in the pool. I was like, oh my God, the producers. Yeah, she are, dumped a drink on or she threw a drink threw in his face. She drink in his face, twirled away, quoting Beyonce. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. Oh my God, the whole whole thing if you're listening to this and you haven't watched this show watch it specifically for that moment it is worth I mean, it i promise if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the show what the hell are you doing like, <laughs> you have no idea what we're even talking about but uh but don't i mean some people are probably just curious about the show i'm gonna say one thing and then let's transition to the next thing so after these people are spending time together a lot of them are smashing they're getting to know each other physically they go to this Tiki Hut or whatever, and then all the couples show up. And clearly, and they're all getting to see what the other people that they didn't choose looked like. And as soon as Jessica saw Barnett, you could see she was like, damn it, he's pretty cute, and he's tall, and he's muscly. I mean, 
in her mind, I think. Because he's tall and he's muscly and he played baseball and he's tan. I think he's more traditionally what she would have gone for, which is what yeah. she said. So, I mean, listen, did I think Barnett was a smoking babe? No, but also because I thought he was kind of a tool. But we'll get to that. We'll get to this later. But she was super into him, to them, made some comments to him at the barbecue, and you were like, oh, this is going to be a storyline. This is not going away. So then the next phase of this was... These couples get to hang out together, but they have to live together before their eventual weddings. And the hitch there is that they're all living in the same apartment complex as well. So once I saw that they were going to have to live together, I thought, oh, shit's about to get real, real quick. They really fuck with them. The whole setup of this thing of doing that and putting Jessica, because I feel like if it would have gone differently if Jessica wasn't around Amber and Barnett. And obviously they wanted they wanted the drama, they wanted that, but that was a really weird strategic thing to have them all be around each other and in each other's ears, and some of them still attracted to other people. That was a total, I mean, it was, it was obviously why, like if they really wanted this experiment to work, I don't think they would have done that, you know? When they're in Mexico and they're all hanging out, and then Vanessa Lachey, so uh, again an aside, Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey, his wife, just magically pop up out of nowhere and really fake and uncomfortably recite these lines about like will it will you find out if love is truly blind and then Vanessa Lachey is like you guys are going to move into apartments and live together we're giving you the best chance for lifetime success I literally wrote that down I rewinded it and wrote it down she says we're giving you the best chance for lifetime success I'm like what are you talking about they've known each other for nine days what do you mean that you're giving them the best chance for lifetime success so you know many- what I kept thinking when I would see Nick Lachey what? And I didn't even watch One Tree Hill, but the whole stay out of it, Nick Lachey thing. You know what I'm talking about? No, I was thinking newlyweds oh. the whole time. You were married to Jessica Simpson and put your relationship on reality TV. I'm surprised you're back here, bro. <laughs> well, I'm not. I mean, Jesus, that's where his bread is buttered. So clearly. Yeah. And honestly, thing, like but... what else is Nick Lachey doing right now? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what else he's going to do. I mean, there's not, I don't think many people are calling for a 98 degrees reunion, but I could be wrong. I think they um, do a reunion tour, though, by the way, because I got offered tickets to one last summer and I couldn't make it. You got but... offered tickets because nobody wanted to buy them. If we're doing early 2000s boy band power rankings, NSYNC, clearly number one. I never thought 98 yeah, Degrees yep. got enough love. I think Backstreet Boys are busted. Some people like them. I thought their song sucked. Give me just one I night, agree. Una Noche from 98 Degrees. Straight banger, okay? They should get more respect. I think they have the appropriate amount of respect, and that is <laughs> not a lot of respect. But, but yes, um, I will say I'm with you on Backstreet Boys. I'm, I don't understand the appeal of Backstreet Boys. I think all of them were kind of weird looking. But anyway, um, what we're we talking about? Uh, uh, them living oh, together. No, them so, living together. So there's, well, really quick, there's this. I didn't watch it, but I always. I don't remember if it was my sister that used to like play this thing or whatever. But it was a scene on One Tree Hill where he was in One Tree Hill. I think, <laughs> I think it was One Tree Hill. And this girl, Nick, just starts talking about this relationship or something. And this girl, like at a bar out of nowhere, is like, "Stay out of it, Nick Lachey." So whenever I would see Nick Lachey, I would just think of that girl saying, "Stay out of it, Nick Lachey." Which also. Speaking of One Tree Hill, you didn't watch. Have you no. seen that video that's been going around on Twitter about that scene from One Tree Hill with no. the dog and the heart? No. Oh, my God. You need to find this. And for anyone that isn't doesn't know what I'm talking about either, like, somehow find this video. I don't even know who tweeted it out. But there's a video of, like, I think it's like an opening scene in One Tree Hill where this guy at a hospital comes running in with a cooler pack that has a human heart in it waiting for a transplant. He trips and falls. The heart falls on the ground in the hospital. A dog comes out of nowhere, picks the heart up in its mouth, starts eating it, and runs away. And then for about 30 seconds, they do like a, a cutaway to these two guys just staring at each other 
in this intense sort of moment. It is the worst piece of television that I've ever seen that makes me laugh so much every time I see it. Because I didn't watch the show, so I don't yeah, really know like, what context it had or whatever. But it, out of context, it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. So if, there's two One Tree Hill references for someone that's never watched the show. But uh, those are the two things that I thought of during watching watching Love is Blind. Okay, well, I have to find that clip. And I, I also feel like I need to see Stay Out of It, Nicholas Shea, because I wonder how many of the dudes, when they were having Nick Lachey talk to them about their relationships, thought about that, like, stay out of this, Nick Lachey. Stay out of it, Nick Lachey. Yeah, that's all. That's the only thing I thought of. I mean, they didn't really do a ton, though. They didn't, you know, no, they, they were, were so a little unnecessary. bit more present in Mexico. Yeah, like, they were just kind of, they didn't do anything when they were in the pod. They were just kind of hanging around, living life, probably, right. just, you know, catching paychecks, which is nice, but... Um, yeah, I didn't understand the point of them from 90% of that entire show. Yeah, I mean, that was like the easiest paycheck they've ever made. They had to recite yeah, exactly. three lines. They didn't even deliver them well. And they're like, yo, you probably get a free trip to Mexico out of this. Exactly, exactly. So I guess good on them. Good on them. All right, so back to uh, these people living together. So they move into these apartments, air quotes. I mean, those apartments were so busted. They looked like yeah, third-rate Airbnbs. I'm like, you guys can't do better than this. Netflix, I know what your budget is, okay? You can't put these people in better apartments. But then I thought about it on the other side and thought, well, they're putting them in not luxurious quarters. They're kind of cramped and confined. You know, they're really putting them in tough life situations, which I appreciated. But people always say you can date someone, but until you live with them, you don't really know them. And so imagine only knowing someone for, I don't know, maybe 10 days at this point, and you've only seen them maybe two days. And then you're like, hey, we're living together you know, and I'm learning all these quirks about you. So I thought that that was a really interesting part of the experiment. But as we were watching it go on, I was like, okay, you can kind of see the cracks start to happen. Giannina and Damien, when they first started living together and he lugged mm-hmm. in all of her luggage and she was like, I dress in moods, so I need clothes for all of my moods. And I thought, first of all, I too dress in moods, so I hear that. <laughs> but also, you have a shit ton of clothes, so how many moods do you have? That's exactly that should have been a, a massive red flag. Massive, massive red flag. To me, the biggest red flag of anyone when they were living together was when Cameron said to Lauren that he had used someone else's toothbrush before. Oh, yeah, I know. That was, I mean, that is literally the most savage thing you could ever do. When she was just savage. like, hey, here are my rules. Just don't be super messy, do the dishes, whatever, and just like never use my toothbrush. And he was like, what? And she goes, I'm sorry, what to you? Have you used someone else's toothbrush? And he was like, yeah, I have. Was that a big deal? I was like, you're disgusting. It's the biggest deal. It yeah, is it's the biggest deal. It is quite possibly the biggest deal on planet Earth. And for someone who's a scientist, you should understand the germs involved. That is sick. Yeah, that's actually a great point. I think I even think about the scientist part. Yes, if you are using, I mean, geez, I, I don't even like if I use my own toothbrush for too long, <laughs> like, let alone someone else's toothbrush. <laughs> totally. I'm cycling mine in and out every few weeks. Like, you need the bristles to be firm. You need it yeah. to be clean. Yeah, and it's sitting out there. Definitely. I just thought that was very alarming, that he thought that was normal. That, to me, is a yeah. major red flag. Definitely, but I'm glad they overcame that. Me too, me too. They really found love in a hopeless place. Again, Kelly and Kenny, normal. Jessica and Mark, clearly not vibing. They are not hooking up. Mark keeps talking about how he is a passionate Latin man and how he wants to hook up with his fiance. And she's like, "Mm, I'm just not there yet. I'm just not there. And you're like, girl, you're never going to get there, okay? Never, ever going to get there. Burnett and Amber are just banging it out all the time. So you're, you're sort of getting a sense of their relationship 
relationship. But as they're living together, there was one couple that really stuck out to me. And tell me if you disagree with this, Steve, but it was definitely Janine and Damien. I really started teetering from them individually loving one of them and hating the other like sometimes Giannina would do her confessionals and be really honest and make a lot of sense and I would think oh she's kind of cute and then he would be so boring and I'm like this guy's kind of like watching paint dry is this gonna work out but then when she said to him when they were kind of throwing everything out on the table they had gotten in a big fight and she said, do you know how every time we hook up, you say this is the best sex of your life? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, do you notice how I never say the same back to you? And he was like, well, you always say it's good. And she's like, yeah, but it's not mind-blowing. No, oh. she said it. Not, she was excited about that. It was almost like she was having to convince herself that it wasn't as good as maybe she, I don't know. Like, it was weird. I, she was excited to tell him that it was good, but it wasn't that good. You know what oh, I mean? Like, and I, my that, God. For me, that was a terrifying ter- like I would I immediately would have been like all right we're good we're done all right you're good like, yeah I don't know she always everything she said to me she was very awkward and definitely not my type whatsoever but I also just felt like she was weirdly immature and that was such an odd thing to bring up and you're right he was he is super boring and then didn't he also say that he quit his job to be on the show yeah and didn't even know if he had a career yes. anymore I'm like dude what the hell I know she was like you know, it's not the best sex of my life because you never initiated. I'm always initiating it. You don't ravage me. And she's like pouting and talking about how she's not in love with him. And then he's like, the butterflies are gone. I'm like, what? You're like, you guys are so lame. Oh my God. The the butterflies are gone. Yeah. What are we five? The butterflies are gone. And he's like, well, I've been really stressed. Okay. Because I might be unemployed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I was just like, I don't know which one of you I hate more. You pouting, saying the sex is not mind-blowing, you don't give me butterflies, or him being like, I quit my job to go on a reality dating show, and I don't think (laughs) they're going to take me back. I'm missing a lot of work right now. (laughs) I was just like, you two are insane, all right? You guys are insane. Yeah, I mean, they would be the worst. I think they would be up there amongst the worst couple to hang out with because they would just be so annoying. So, I mean, I don't like Mark and Jessica, but... Why? Because she man. plays everyone and he's like a puppy following her around? Yeah, but like just being around the two of them, bickering about all these things, I'm like, oh, pass. No, we're good. When they started living together and then they went to their respective homes and showed each other where they actually lived in real life? He did. His, par- his parents didn't want to meet her. Yes. His... And then they obviously weren't at the wedding. <laughs> yeah, his when his parents were like, yo, we will not be involved in this, I was like... He might be more normal than I'm giving him credit for because my parents would have done the same thing. My parents, his parents are just more normal. Not yeah, him. or not him. Uh, my dad would have been like, I'm sorry, what? I will not be there to meet your fiance of eight days that you met behind a wall. We'll talk yeah, about this I'm later, Michelle. Think, I'm trying to think if my, my I don't know if my, I think my parents would because my parents are they like, not that your parents aren't like very supportive, but. I don't know. My, I don't know. I, I think they would. I think my parents would have shown up. I, I don't think they would have been super pumped. Although, you know, it's funny because Kenny and Kelly, like Kelly's parents, like love Kenny. And they were pissed off about how it sort of ended, you know, about their daughter in a way. Oh, my God. So they were all in. When Kelly and Kenny's parents met and they both talked about how they got engaged so quick and they were so supportive of them and they each loved Kelly's parents loved Kenny and Kenny's parents loved Kelly. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I was really rooting for them because it seemed super, super cute. And then you have that it cuts to Damien and Giannina and Damien's like, yeah, my parents canceled. They're not showing up. And Giannina, it cuts to Giannina and 
she's like, yeah, he told me his parents right before he left said, don't marry a whore from a reality TV show. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not the worst advice, but hey. But also, what do you expect when your son is quitting his job, essentially, to go on a reality TV show to meet a girl? What do you think that situation is going to turn out like? Yeah, not well. I mean, obviously. But, you know, it's like, well, we'll do this later because obviously what happened at the wedding because I have questions about what their deal is now. But Right, right. A couple more observations of when they start living with each other. So we mentioned this before, but Mark, who is 24 and a fitness instructor, obviously not financially stable. They show up to his place and it's down kind of a sad alley. And then you get in and he's living with his buddy who wears his sunglasses on his head all the time and isn't super eloquent and his girlfriend. And then they show his room, which looks kind of like a jail cell. I mean, it's just a mattress, brown sheets, his fitness planning book, and and maybe a pair of shoes. I mean, it is so sad. And then they go to Jessica's house, and it's this gorgeous house with a golden retriever, great furniture, everything is curated, and she's pounding wine when they get to their house because, well, she pounded wine the entire time. But I think she was like, wait, I'm engaged to a 24-year-old who lives in essentially an adult dorm room and his roommate is not super mature and what is going on. And I have to get your opinion on this. As a dog owner who loves and adores his dogs, what did you think about drunk Jessica feeding her dog wine and saying, my dog loves wine? Yeah, only white girls would do that. Uh, <laughs> only <laughs> only a super point. basic bitch would do that. Yeah, I mean, that is like the most white girl thing I've ever seen in my life. My dog likes wine. Right. I don't know, does he, or are you just feeding it to him? Um, yeah, I would not do that. So uh, that was another check in the uh, anti-Jessica box there for me. But I, it was a big plus that she did have a pretty awesome dog. Two more couples to talk about as they're living in real life and getting to know each other in that way. And then the next phase of this is that they have to meet each other's families. So I thought that when Jessica met Mark's family, she was more standoffish and weird than they were, uh, but I appreciated their kind of skepticism about this. They seemed the appropriate amount of skeptical. When Amber met Barnett's family and his siblings, and they just kind of stared at her with blank faces, being like, is this insane person really going to be our new family member, I was like, he's going to call it off right here because she went in very on a 10 and they were all at a two. Yeah. I mean, in their defense, she was the most extra she was in the entire show. And that's saying a lot when she was meeting his family. She was just like, I don't know if she had been, she definitely had been drinking too much. She was talking about drinking a lot. She just was a And they didn't drink. Yeah. And it was just, and you could tell like they kept cutting to shots of like the dad and the mom and then the brother, obviously. And it was just like, this is, this can't be a thing. Uh, so I didn't really blame them for their reaction. And listen, I'm sure she was super nervous, but yeah. that was uh, that was definitely, a, like, again, another red flag. I would, it would probably go up there, but clearly Barnett didn't really mind it, so it was fun. His family was kind of side-eyeing the whole thing, being like, okay, you're going to bring this insane person into our house and you're going to marry them. Her mom seemed certainly more open to this and was just like, take care of my daughter. I, I, need, well, yeah. I need you to take That's care of her. Like. It seemed like she... How do I say this, like politely? It I know like exactly what you're saying. <laughs> very desperate for her to just find someone. It was, you know what I mean, like bare minimum. Okay, like, are you just going to treat my daughter well? Okay, that's cool. I don't know. Can I just had, call she, a spade this a spade here? You mean that she wants her daughter, who is twenty grand in debt for college loans and never graduated college, who 
cocktail waitresses sometimes and tells her fiance that she has a specific credit card for makeup and she doesn't even wear yeah. good makeup. And she's just like, listen, I, I want to be a stay-at-home mom and I hope Barnett will support me. You, you think that her mom isn't just like, yeah, please take care of her at this point? Yeah, I think her mom exactly knew that there probably wasn't a lot going on there from a career perspective and right. you know was just looking to not pass her off to someone but that she was going to be taken care of and he checked all those minimum boxes basically for her so <laughs> the bare minimum of boxes to be checked yeah. he checked but yeah. I, how about when they showed up at Am- amber's mom's house and she's like this is matt i was like who the shit is matt and then she was like this is matthew barnett so the oh, whole yeah, time he had been going by his last name and then all of a sudden amber's like this is matt and we're just supposed to accept him as matt how does that happen yeah, that was weird to me. I just don't even know. His last name is Barnett? I thought his like, middle name was Barnett or something. No, his name is Matthew Barnett. That's what she oh, said. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, I was very confused when they were talking about Matthew. And then I finally figured out. I'm like, I feel like Nick Lachey and Vanessa could have helped us out a little bit here, maybe a little bit earlier on, do their job, maybe earn a little right. bit more of that paycheck. Uh, yeah. And letting us know that his name is actually Matthew. Yeah, come on, stop stealing a paycheck, you two. Like, let us know the details here. I've saved this one for last because I think it deserves some time. Lauren and Cameron. Lauren yeah. is an African-American woman. Cameron is a, a white man. And so there was some questions there. You know, will our families accept this in an interracial relationship? And will we be able to deal with that if they don't support it? Especially Lauren said, my dad is really into supporting black families and keeping the the strong structure of a black family together. Will that diminish everything I stand for if I marry a white man? There were some legitimate questions there. And Cameron goes to meet Lauren's mom. And Lauren's mom is so cute and sweet. And then she was like, you know, this is the first white man my daughter's dated. How do you feel about that? And he's like, well, I've dated black girls before. And I used to be in a rap group in college. Mm. (laughs) And they were like, what? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And then he rapped for Lauren's mom. And I literally wrote in all caps in my notes, I'm dead. This is so bad. This relationship is doomed. Oh, I didn't think it was doomed after that. I mean, I definitely thought I, I wouldn't have done that. It was pretty uncomfortable to watch, but I didn't think it was doomed. You know, I think they both kind of thought it was sweet, even though that's not it was how so I would have described bad. it. It was so bad. But her mom, it wasn't just the fact that Lauren was talking about it. Like, her mom was like, oh, man, I, you know, <laughs> basically, like, watch out. This is going to be explosive. So for her to say that, I was like, oh, man, this guy must be, like, really intense. And... I don't, I mean, I don't know what they took out and didn't show or did show, obviously, um, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Like, it was a little bit hostile. What did you think about Lauren just leaving him there, like, a one-on-one, too? I kind of thought that was weird. With the dad? Yeah. So, I wrote it again down in my notes how much I loved Lauren's dad. I loved him. If my dad were to ever be a part of this, he would want to talk to him one-on-one. He wouldn't want me in the room influencing this. He'd be like, I'm sorry, what? You met my daughter through a wall and now you're engaged and I'm supposed to just accept this? I need." He just kept saying things like, if she loves you, I'll like you, but I need to get to know you. And he was so serious and stern about it. And seeing Cameron's response to it really made me like Cameron that much more because he took it so seriously and was so respectful and so genuine and I just thought the whole thing was really endearing but you could really sense how much Lauren's dad adored her and how protective he was of her yes I'm not gonna sit here and say I liked Lauren's dad I mean I, I don't really know how to attack this uh like in a, in a real way I will say like I just think it's really unfair and shitty for him to sort of have that attitude though like, if they like each other and they want to get married and they clearly care about each other I mean putting aside the fact that 
they met like three days ago, which is a red flag to begin with. Like, obviously, it's a ridiculous circumstance. But right. Obviously, I'm a white dude from Connecticut. Like, I don't have all these. I don't have all the answers here, right? But I don't know. I just found that a little bit odd, and I'm glad that they were able to sort of overcome that because it was such a. It seemed like such a massive hurdle. Right. And it doesn't seem like a hurdle that I feel like if they just love each other and they were the right right for each other, which I do think that they were one of the shows uh, couples on the show that obviously like clearly, you know, did love each other and had had more of a connection maybe than anybody else. I'm just happy that it didn't get derailed because of that because it just seems really unfair. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from, and I understand and agree. I just looked at it from a lens of, like, him trying to protect her from potentially getting hurt or yeah. being sad in any way, shape, or form. But I, I get your point that he's like, okay, wait, I'm getting grilled on this, and my family's not going to grill you in the same way. That doesn't seem very cool. But I did appreciate that both of their parents were named Pam and Bill. Yes. Yes, that was pretty weird. (laughs) That was pretty weird. So as they meet the families, they're getting closer to the wedding day. They're kind of breaking some of this down. You're starting to see the fundamental issues that exist between each relationship. And I'm going to say this. Barnett, in this show, he's the A-Rod of reality TV dating shows. I went from hating him and thinking he was such a tool and self-involved and immature to towards the end really liking him he is financially stable he seemed to really care about his family and care about how this would affect his family and then when jessica was wasted coming at him trying to flirt with him he put up the wall right away and was like i am really happy and stuck up for her i mean amber is crazy okay like let's call a spade a spade she's telling him hey i don't have any cash i don't want to ask my mom for money but i'm also not working and i'm just watching netflix shows all day and there's a lot of things that were coming up to where he could have had an out but at every turn he defended her he defended her to his family he turned down jessica and i just thought wow barnett is a little bit more of a good guy than i gave him credit for i agree i mean you know i don't know if we'd be friends but he <laughs> no uh, see, yeah. i'll go ahead and confirm you guys would not be friends never be but, friends uh, yeah, with Barnett. Like, at the end of the show like, i didn't have a problem with him i thought he was kind of a stand-up dude and you know at first i was like okay you know okay cool amber's like kind of crazy she's like kind of crazy hot she's got fake boobs which by the way like, we get it you have fake boobs jesus it's insane. Yeah, but um, Steve, if you pay for him, you got to show him off. You know what I mean? I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, Steve, I mean, if you I, buy him. Ma- like the focal point of every episode. But, um, Steve, if you buy a Maserati, you want him to park it outside in front of the, of the <laughs> I get restaurant. It. Listen, okay? I, you know me. I'm very pro plastic surgery, whatever makes yeah, you happy. But, you are. Wow. Okay. Um, so, listen, as I said, I respected that he. He, uh, yeah, it's almost like he got more mature the more that they went through their relationship, which surprised me. Like, I thought there would be, like, some weird things about him that would come out, him being maybe, like, a party playboy type guy or whatever. And it really didn't seem like that. Like, he was – every time that Jessica would, like, make an approach on him, he was really, really two feet on the ground being like, no, I'm not budging on this. This is my girl. Like, don't, yeah. like, get out of here. Get out of here, bitch. Because Jessica's doing all stupid little things where she's, like, trying to plant little seeds in his mind. She's, she's manipulative. She's basically – yeah, she's trying to get him to say – basically that he's into her and every single time he's like no like no like i'm good i'm very happy like i'm i'm good like i'm happy like there's no reason for me to second guess this and you could tell what she was trying to do and he he fought it off pretty much every single time so i actually really respect that about him and then conversely the more i saw of amber the more i disliked her she doesn't want to work she just wants a guy to take care of her and hey if that's your mo whatever then don't spend all the money don't say oh i don't have money for my dress alterations or this and that if you really want to 
be put in that financial situation and you're trying to make it work with your fiance, then maybe don't put that burden on him. I thought that was super unfair. And when I say Amber is a low budget girl, by that I mean the amount of times that she threatens violence on people and threatens to punch them or break their face or I'm going to kill you. I think that is so low budget. People that use violence as a way to have conflict resolution in any way and do it braggingly like that is so gross to me and she does it all the time and I was just like the more I learn about Barnett and the more I learn about you, you guys really have some major, major fundamental flaws here. Maybe. I just kind of feel like he is nicely equipped to deal with that, though. Clearly, he had sort of been okay with it, and you know, her crazy came out a bunch of times, and he just sort of rolled with the punches. So I don't know. I actually didn't think that they had that. I mean, clearly there were going to be bumps in the road because I, I imagine both of them might are be susceptible to doing dumb shit, specifically yeah, her. Totally. But I don't know. I kind of felt like they were oddly prepared, I guess, to do that, and they even both like acknowledged that. Both of them were like, "Yeah, it's going to be kind of hard because we're you know we're both kind of stubborn and thick-headed, and they were very realistic about it." So I was kind of pumped by the end. I couldn't believe they you know actually ended up getting married, and then I was like, at the end, I'm kind of like, "Oh, they actually, this actually kind of works in a weird way." And I definitely didn't feel like that was the case when they first saw each other or when they were in the pod. Barnett is the guy that did something dumb and then will live with it for the rest of his life because he doesn't want to admit that he did something dumb. He went in this thing. Oh, I don't know pick, about that. Picked her, and I'm telling you, five years from now, they'll still be married, and he'll probably be, like, hooking up with his receptionist, and she'll threaten to kill him, but they'll stay together for the kids, and it'll be a very wow. volatile relationship. I do not feel the same way. I really don't. Well, I, I hope I that don't. you're right and that <laughs> I'm a judgmental bitch and I'm wrong because, because I really hope the best for them, especially Barnett, because he seems like a very um, sneaky, responsible guy that cares about his family and just wants to live a happy, normal life. And I can't believe that, I just said those words. The way that he handled, as I said, the way that he handled the Jessica situation, that makes me think uh, he could have very easily just jumped ship and hooked up with Jessica and whatever and zero fucks kind of life. What's up? But, but they're in the honeymoon like, phase, you know, and it's on, and there's cameras rolling. I don't know. I mean, maybe you're right. I don't know. I didn't get that. I didn't get that. I think I, I definitely think that they would be super volatile, but I actually think that they were oddly equipped to be all right. I love it. Okay, so Kelly and Kenny, a couple that we thought were super stable. Yeah. Everyone's hooking up. Kelly and Kenny still not having sex, still having sweet kisses as they're nearing their wedding day. Please tell me that you saw the scene when they're both in robes, laying in bed, again, talking about sex. She's in a white robe that looked actually very comfortable. I would have liked it. He's in kind of a red Hugh Hefner style robe with a black collar. I didn't understand it. And as she's talking about sex and how a man has never made her orgasm she's laying in the bed talking about orgasms with a teddy bear in the bed yes i did notice that and wow well, she was like what 32 33 33, something like that. 33. yeah so she wasn't like actually she was like what a year younger than than, than jessica so she was kind of older too and i think he was in his late 20s i think um, so yeah you know it became more clear as the show went along why she was single and why this things hadn't worked out i mean i think she's just way too in her head about stuff and i remember her having the lie being like oh like i'm just like into brunette guys and i'm like <laughs> That's okay. So that's the deal breaker. That's it. He he's, he can his, his hair is like his hair is like close enough to being brown. Like, it, was it was like, like mousy brown. Blonde. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? It was like pretty close. So I like them, and I did. And I was, you know, I thought that they were obviously the ones that made sense because they seemed like you know emotionally connected. But clearly, she just couldn't get over the hurdle of not being attracted to them. And I understand that. Like it's a big deal. So it's not like there's no shame in there. I was just sort of surprised by it. I also really liked her sister. Um, yeah, she a lot. was very I cool. Her name. 
but she seemed very level-headed and just really wanted what the, what was the best for for her sister. But the more that thing went on, I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, I understand why Kelly's single now because she's just way too picky about everything. She also has, I think, a very disproportionate sense of herself based on reality. I think when I looked at the two of them, I thought they were perfectly physically matched. Did you not? I agree. They both are like, what, seven and a half maybe? I don't even know what number to put on it, but I looked at them. They're the type of couple that would walk into a restaurant and you'd say, oh, yeah, they belong together. Not like, oh, wow, he outkicked his coverage or, you know, I can't believe he's with her or whatever. They would walk in and you'd be like, wow, yes, that works. And I think in her mind, she thought she was, let's say, a nine and that he was a a five. And in reality, they're both in the middle. You know what I mean? I just for her to not be physically attracted to him was shocking to me. We'll put it that way. Cause I didn't think he was an unattractive guy at all. Yeah. He was a little like dorky. I think so I guess she. you could say she has a teddy bear in the bed. That's a good point. That's a great point. Yeah. I think she was more attractive than him, but not much more attractive. And her style or whatever, when she would wear like a dress or wear certain things, you'd be like, Oh, she's pretty good looking. Like this is like, okay. This, yeah. You know, she's pre- super he, pretty. You know, he was wearing like a corduroy blazer, and I'm like, all right, that's a little bit weird. But that's, um, Steve, but okay. Steve, that's all things you can fix, okay? I've dated, I once dated a guy that showed up with a chain wallet, okay? And by the oh, end Jesus of Christ. our relationship, he was wearing custom tailored suits, okay? Outfit choices are the least of my concern. And by the way, he didn't dress poorly. He just had like Eddie Bauer drip. This is a guy that likes to go camping every now and then. Yeah. This is a guy yeah. that probably works in finance and thinks wearing a Patagonia vest is cool. I mean, it's not rock uh, bottom. Cool, so don't worry about it. Yeah, but, but, you know, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's more like I'm going to wear clothes for comfort. And honestly, I thought he was far better dressed than Barnett, who showed up to the reunion in oh. the loudest yeah. outfit possible. So I didn't you know, think that, that was reminded a me of? Who? Barnett reminded me of, of uh, Travis Kelsey. Oh, my God. Best comp ever. He totally <laughs> thinks he's Travis Kelsey. Great point. Yeah, like it's like okay, Travis Kelsey goes to Cincinnati. Like isn't like some superstar in college or whatever. Then he becomes super famous, and then all of a sudden he starts dressing like you know he's in Grand Theft Auto or something. That is exactly what happened to Travis Kelsey. That's exactly what happened to Barnett. Barnett's like I'm going to wear this super loud blazer and be aggressive because I'm like now stylish and fashion forward because I just became famous like three days ago. Yes, and I definitely can't spill anything on this because I have to give it back in 20 minutes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All right, there you go. Exactly. You know what I mean? He yeah, did not purchase that. that. Yeah. Someone gifted it to him to wear because yeah. they knew they were going to yeah. be on the reunion show. Because they got credit card debt. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Amber, it's on her uh, reunion show outfit credit card exclusive. After they're meeting the families, after all of these obstacles are overcoming, it is the night before the wedding and they throw a bachelor bachelorette party. First of all, who does it the night before the wedding? That is just a disaster waiting to happen, right? And That's like a thing though, right? Isn't that? Some oh, people do That is do stupid. That. That's stupid. The well, night yeah, before I mean, the wedding, you're going to show up hungover, feeling terrible. I mean, you're probably already going to be shaky when you get to the altar. You don't want to be double shaky because you're coming down off your booze from the night before. That sounds terrible. Yeah. It reminded me of in college when you basically just drink for an entire weekend or like extended weekend before you graduate. And then like graduation picture, you just look completely hungover. And that's exactly what that was. So they go to these bachelor bachelorette parties. It starts with the bachelorette party, and they're all on this bus. I know that they were hanging out together, but these people are not friends. Why are you forcing them to celebrate their love with each other, especially when you know Jessica's trying to hook up with Amber's man? That seemed so weird. And then out of nowhere, it's like, hey, Atlanta PD, and some really uncomfortable stripper moments happen where this guy is 
dancing very poorly on these girls. And then he's in a full cop outfit, cut to him in tidy whities grinding on Jessica. It was so uncomfortable. I hated it. Of course it had to be Jessica. Of course. Yeah, like it, of course. Yeah, I mean, it had to be her. That just made total sense. The male stripper thing has always been so funny to me. I just don't know. It's just odd. I mean, obviously, as a straight dude, it's funny. But not, not coming from a straight dude perspective. Like, coming from a straight woman's perspective, I just always think male strippers are hilarious. Um, but isn't that funny but, that male strippers are like a funny novelty and then guys look at female strippers as a way to actually get turned on? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, that's just, I think that's just dudes, though. I don't know. Is, but isn't that funny, know, though? Yeah, I mean, I'm not the, oh, listen, I'm a shocker. Like, I'm not, like, the stripper type guy. I know, breaking news, what's up? But, you know, I've certainly, you know, I've been to Vegas with friends. I've been to bachelor parties. It happens. It is what it is. Your but friend I racked just, up 25 I, grand at one. That is that is definitely true. Yep, <laughs> paid that off. So, shouts out to, uh, to my buddy Mike. But, um, yeah, all, the whole thing was awkward to me. And, yeah, you're right. They're forcing the friendship. And then the dude's one where they're just hanging out. It's, like, basically this, I don't know, like. It was an art was, gallery. Yeah, and there's a couple of tables around. It's like and wine and cheese. Talking. I didn't understand it all. I wasn't a big, oh, I need to have this epic bachelor party thing. My party was you know, in Maine. We just like went up and hung out you know, at, a, at a dope cabin and on the water, and it was fun. It was like a nice couple of days. That was fun for me. I would have been bummed out if I didn't get to do that. Yeah, I just was like, why are the girls getting an uncomfortable stripper moment and the guys are being forced to kiki at an art gallery with cocktails and cheese. That just seemed very weird. Two moments from each bachelor or bachelorette party, one from each really stood out to me. When they were at the bachelor party and they showed Cameron talking to his friends and they were also like scientist guys with glasses being like, Cameron computes the amount of love for <laughs> I was like, that is exactly who I pictured Cameron to be friends with, is these scientist guys with glasses talking about the analytics essentially behind Cameron's decision making. You know, what's, when I was thinking too about Cameron, because he said obviously that he had dated a black girl before, what in Maine? It's just, it, the whole thing seemed odd to me. Like, obviously, shouts out to him. That's great. But I was just very caught off guard by that. I would not have guessed that from him at all. Now, there were many, many cringe-worthy moments in this series, including Jessica telling Mark as he's trying to console her and cuddle her, I think that Barnett is hot and sexy. That was, I was just like, oh, girl, you are going to look back on this and feel so badly for yourself. There was not a more cringe-worthy moment in this entire show than Amber drunk crying at the bachelorette party, first just, like, outside the bar being like, I'm so happy, like, oh, my God. (laughs) And then the two of them blacked out at the bar talking about Barnett was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I know. I know. When Jessica's like, I can't, I'm not coming for your man. And Amber's like, okay, boo-boo, what, you better not, I'll fucking kill you. (laughs) I mean, the two of them are just perfect trash television. They are made for it. And they're so different. That's what's funny. I feel like Jessica's thing is she's supposed to be a little bit more like, you know, I don't know, from the city, like a little bit more whatever. Refined. And yeah. And uh, Amber's from you know, the country and is a little bit more like her, her lower third of former tank mechanic. Like it's all <laughs> like, they're very mechanic. different, but they are perfect antagonist 
reality television yep. stars. But again, these people have a disproportionate sense of self. Jessica thinks because she makes a certain amount of money and because she has a Gucci bag and she feeds her dog a $30 bottle of Pinot Noir that she's classy and she's just as low budget as the rest of them. She's a mess and she's manipulative she's and she's yeah. trying to steal someone else's fiance and she's playing guys against each other. Just because you make a, mo- a lot of money doesn't mean you're not as low budget as the as the next girl. Listen, we've been to our you know four years of college. We've partied this, this, and that. I've seen my fair fair share of ugly criers, ugly drunk criers. <laughs> wow, I don't think I've ever seen one worse than Jessica. I mean, it is apocalyptically bad. Like, she looks like death when she's just drunk and crying, and it's this whole thing. And she looks like a. I, I was so blown away by how because I think she's like an attractive girl. Like you know what I mean? I think she was good looking, and, yeah. and I, I don't know if she's actually my type. But then when she would go. From that, and then when she had a couple, like too many, whatever she said, whiskeys, and then she was talking to people, and she was clearly emotional. She was as big of a mess as I've ever seen anyone in my entire life. The switch would flip super quick to where she'd be like, oh, my God, I love you. And then she's, yeah, then her words start slurring, and she's like, I think Barnett is sexy, and I'm not your mom. And you're like, where did this come from? He just said he loved you. Yeah, and meanwhile, Mark's like, but you're my person. It's like, Mark, take a freaking hint, dude. She's not your person. She doesn't like you. She just wants to be on this stupid show. She's trying to basically sabotage Amber and Barnett's deal. Why can't you see any of this, you idiot? Wake up. (laughs) Totally. So they go to the bachelorette party. We see Amber and Jessica get super sloppy. And then the next episode is the wedding day. And they show up. They're sequestered from each other. And essentially, their family and friends are there on each side. They get ready for the wedding and they get to the altar. They go through the whole process of introducing the couple. They each give their individual vows, saying what they feel about the other person and how much they love them. And then it comes to the moment where each of them has to say, I do. And some couples said yes, some couples said no. So do you want to run through this couple by couple or do you just want to talk about the outcomes? Well, let's just do the outcomes. I think we've pretty much hit on everything else. I'll just start here, and we'll just try to get to as much as we can. The thing that struck me the most was Jessica. She says no, right? Right. I think most people thought that was going to happen, probably everybody except for Mark. Now, No, I think even Mark knew. I think Mark knew. He knew. I don't know. I think he knew. What threw me, though, was she goes up there, and she. I think her direct quote was, thank you so much for bringing me here, or something like that. And I'm like, whoa, is she going to say yes? Yeah, I thought she she was. And then she says no, and I'm like, why would you say, before you say any vows, like just to him, thank you for bringing me here. That is insane. That is an insane person thing to do. Why would you do that? You're saying no. And then we should have also known, though, I don't think any of her family or friends were at this thing. So clearly this wasn't going down. There were so many different parts of the Jessica Mark one that made me mad or had me all worked up. But none more than the fact that we should have known we never met her family and we never saw anyone that was basically from her side on at the wedding and her saying oh thank you so much for bringing here and then two seconds later being like nope i can't marry you yeah i knew she was gonna say no and i did make a note of the fact that her family was not a part of this at all uh so you knew it was gonna be a no I felt going into the wedding that it was a definite no, but I will agree with you that when she was up there and she kept saying, I love you, I love you, 
and really looking deep into his eyes and holding his hand that I thought, wow, yeah, is she going to actually surprise us and say yes here? And then when she said no, I thought, Mark, you've been given the biggest gift by her because I know you're embarrassed and I know you're devastated by this right now. But when you watch this back, you're going to be humiliated by what she did to you. And thank God you didn't have to get divorced. Well, part of me was kind of hoping she would say yes, because I'm like, Mark, this is what you want to do. So congratulations. Like, hope it goes well for you. Yeah. But, and, and you know what I mean? And then it didn't. And it's fine. That's And that's good for him. But I was just so over them by the end of that thing. I was like, Jesus, thank God. Like, I don't want to see this anymore. Yeah, just end it. Okay, the biggest shock to me was Giannina and Damian, because they were super into each other. It seemed like it was a slam dunk. We're both saying yes. And then he says no to her at the altar. And I thought that was such a punk-ass bitch move to get up there and look her in her face and lead her on. At least with Mark, Jessica has given you enough signs that she's not into you. So this one's kind of on you, bro. For Giannina, all the crazy that she threw at him, he just you know, took her in the chopper and he had the chef come and he was like, oh, okay, this isn't mind-blowing sex. I'm going to initiate it. Wear this dress and I'm going to throw you on the bed. He gave zero signs really other than the the dinner conversation of him being like, you can't keep pushing me that he was going to say no. And I thought she looked really, really stunned. I'm surprised. Like, I actually disagree with you. I wow. think I actually kind of like what he did because they shouldn't have gotten married. That would have been so dumb. And the fact that, you know, you know, they're still dating, so that's fine. But they, of all people, you know, should not have gotten married. They were clearly not on the same page. I think she was kind of just like, yeah, whatever. Like, we'll just get married. We'll figure it out. Whereas I think he had more concerns really outward. And I thought he expressed a lot of his concerns. Because here's the thing. I think part of the show is they had to go to the altar, right? If they had gotten that far, they couldn't just call it off beforehand. Yeah. So... It's not like he could have done it any other way, right? So he did it, and, I'm, and I think it was better for it. I think one of my favorite parts of the entire series is when she fell down when she was running away. That was unbelievably funny. <laughs> I laughed really hard at that. Okay, but can, um, I give you, can I give you a conspiracy theory on that? Uh-oh, yep. So she's running away. So basically, he says, I, I will not marry you. She runs away immediately. Runs down the street, falls down the hill. There was a huge, huge mud stain on her white dress. And I specifically mm-hmm. looked at that because I loved her dress. And I was like, man, not that she's going to want to wear this again, but she can't even resell it because there is mud all over that thing. Then, I'll buy it anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, totally. But then, but this is how my mind works, right? I'm thinking, hey, broken relationship, sell it on Poshmark. So when they're back in the venue space and they're hashing it out, no mud on her dress. None. I did notice that. So to I me, I'm like, what to make of it. is this fake? Are they putting them back in the situation because they, you know, they've already gotten back together and they want to hash it out? But I was like, something is going on here that there is no dirt on the back of her dress. I did notice it, though, because I also thought it was funny that she, like, ripped something off, and then, yeah. like, it's a handkerchief, but I was like, when did that even happen? Just she rips this thing off and ties it around him and storms off. She was so dramatic. So Do you dramatic. remember at the beginning, he gave her his bow tie, which was so corny and weird? She ripped oh. it off to be, like, a fake bow tie, like, here's your bow tie back, which I thought was so oh, stupid. Oh, okay, okay, but it wasn't actually the bow tie. Okay, okay, now it all makes sense. So, I just felt like she was so dramatic. Like, obviously, it's a it's embarrassing, but I don't know. She, I, I thought she was kind of 
loving every second of that, like being dramatic and throwing it back in his face. In fact, he's the one that made the right decision. So I don't know. I'm just glad they didn't get married because they were super freaking annoying. Yeah, but now they're still together. So TBD. Yeah, but that's fine. All right. You know, if you want to date, that's good. But you, they should not have gotten married right then and there. So I'm glad they did. Right. Well, Barnett and Amber, they both said I do, even though I think it's a mistake on his part. But they're still together, which we'll get to later. But Kenny and Kelly, everybody thought that was out of all of these relationships that came out of the pod, the one that was The Rock, that they would both be together 50 years from now. And Kelly gets up there and says, I cannot say I do. I I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And honestly, I was shocked by that. I was shocked, too. I really was. And I was sad. I was sad for Kenny. Yeah. And, you know, Kenny handled it really well. And I, I think he's the best. He, he gave a speech basically to the crowd after she walked out. I don't know if I would have been able to. I probably definitely wouldn't have been able to do that. Actually, I'd probably be really pissed off. Do you and know then, what I would have done? Be- I would have turned around and been like, well, fuck my life. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll just go fuck myself. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, you can tell like, after when the camera's following him around, he's like, get it out of my face. Tell was really getting to him. And he was probably really confused. But that was the one I was most upset about because they just seemed like they made sense. But again, and then, well, I, 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 I'm going to look ahead of the reunion because I have more to say about that and what her future is because, you know, she's basically back in the same spot that she was right now. Right. I wonder if she does regret that. I wonder. Oh, we'll talk about that in the reunion. So I will say one more thing about them. I loved when Kelly's family was like, man, we love this guy. You could tell that I in know. that moment they were like, we like him more than her. She made a huge mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not always a great indicator. There have been friends of mine that have dated people that their parents have liked the other one. And it's like, yeah, but you guys are you guys are shitty together. So, like, that's right. not <laughs> – this doesn't matter. Right, right. Um, but it was, it was funny to see that, that after only a couple of days and really only meeting him one time that they liked him that much. But, listen, I, if you're not attracted to somebody, you're not attracted to somebody. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I think it, it's hard for her to say that. And maybe she is, if, she, if we're being honest, like, too picky. But if that's not – the person for her, then like, you know, shout out to her for making a difficult decision. You got to do what you got to do. As much as I think that she was wrong, because I think they would have had a great relationship if they would have stayed together. If you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. And I don't think she needs to apologize for that. Okay. To what I think is the shining star that came out of this, Lauren and Cameron, despite the racial adversities, despite her family having a lot of questions, despite his really, really subpar rap skills, they make it to the altar. They both say I do. And I love this couple. I have to tell you, Steve, Cameron loves Lauren so much. I think it's so endearing when he talks about her the way he looks at her you can really tell how much he loves her but I gotta tell you when Lauren's dad walked in and saw her in her wedding dress I started sobbing and in case you're wondering what rock bottom actually looks like it's me crying over Lauren's dad seeing her in a wedding dress on love is blind <laughs> yeah I was really happy for them too because I like I liked her from the start I just thought she was kind of funny and cool and seemed pretty normal and down to earth and despite the whole dad thing and how much of how drama that how much drama there was with that like it was cool to see them sort of figure it out and I think of all the couples even if we're talking about Kenny and Kelly I think they kind of made the most sense together like they seemed to genuinely like each other although she was kind of on the fence until the last minute or at least they made it seem like that on the show so there was some drama there a little bit but I was kind of always convinced that they would figure it out and that they would say yes me too because it seemed like they were out of everybody the more we got to know of kenny and kelly you could tell kelly wasn't as normal as we thought she was and while cameron certainly had his quirks i thought the two of them were the most normal out of everybody yeah i would agree i would agree i mean he's a little a little odd i think you know, he's like a little bit weird, like you said, like this, the, the nerdy kind of weird thing. It's not yeah. like he's just like has like problems, I think. He's just a little bit odd. And it was, I think they're the prime example of 
not opposites attract, but like I don't know how much they actually had in common. They just sure. like kind of had the same sort of values kind of thing, and yeah. they were just they got along together, and that was cool. So I was happy for them. And out of all the couples, I think the ones that got married actually kind of made sense. I actually kind of, as I said, going back to Amber and Barnett, I actually kind of think that makes some sense. And I think that Lauren and, and Cameron made sense too. And the only one that I was upset about was Kenny and Kelly. And it is what it is. Clearly love was not blind for her. Right. It was not blind. Then we have the reunion, which, oh, gosh. <laughs> which was interesting. They said that it had been a year and a half since the pods, which was crazy to me. And I know it takes a while to do editing and post-production and all that, but I thought maybe six months. The fact that it took a year and a half for them to kind of live through this was crazy to me because you're in the pods, you go through this experiment, it ends, you go living your real life, then it starts airing a couple months after you're already back out in the wild and then you're having to deal with this and it's something that happened in your life like a full year later, that has to be super uncomfortable. I kind of like that though because then you take enough of a sizable gap out and you can sort of, because if, if, if they'd only done a reunion like a month or whatever later, it wouldn't have been as effective. Right. You want a reunion to be like a decent amount of time after. So I thought that actually worked out really well. The whole I was thinking during this whole thing, imagine the, how much work it would be to edit all that shit together. All these people, you got to listen to all their conversations probably dozens of times and figure out what the best parts are to put in. I mean, there are hours and hours and hours of tape that you have to listen to these stupid conversations. Ugh. I just felt bad for whoever, whoever. I mean, I'm sure it was multiple people, but whoever had to edit those conversations together because, Jesus, that must have been one of the worst jobs ever. Yeah, if you're power-ranking terrible jobs, I would say... Dealing with coronavirus in the hospital, one. Tough one, yep. Two, editing the pod combos from Love is Blind. Close second, <laughs> yep. Close second. I mean, that must have took so much time. And if you think about it, you have to listen to all these stupid people's conversations. Oh, my God. And Jessica's voice. You have to listen oh, to Jessica's yeah. voice the whole time. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, whoever did that deserves a raise or a hug or at least somewhat of a trophy. I don't know. Something. An Emmy, maybe. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I know. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought the reunion was great. I was, like, kind of skeptical about how it would be. But, I mean, we have to just get to the elephant in the room, and that is Amber just absolutely eviscerating uh, our girl because <laughs> I thought she went too far. I thought she went too far. I know that Jessica was sh a shitty person, but I think actually Jessica kind of came out looking like the better person in the end because she was like, yep, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I am sorry, but I do feel like – Amber just kept going and kept going, and they kept cutting to everyone else's face, and they were just like horrible, horrified looks on everyone's face to be like, oh, my God, is this happening right now? And I thought the way that Jessica handled it was actually like I, had, I didn't have any really nice things to say about Jessica other than the fact that I thought she handled that really well, and it must have been really shitty to look back at yourself and how terrible you looked in that entire show because I don't think anybody looked worse than her. And, you know, that must be a really shitty thing to go through, so I kind of respect her for owning it. And not fighting back or not being mean back and just kind of taking it and being like, yep, my bad, like trying to be better. And this is me. So I thought Jessica came out as a winner there. But what was Jessica's response going to be other than, yeah, I learned some really shitty things about my oh. personality and I'm going to get better. What was it supposed to be? Yeah, I think you're kind of gross and annoying and that he could do better. I mean, that's certainly not going to yeah. make her look good. Yeah, I think people would get defensive in that situation. She didn't get defensive. She just owned up to it. So I, like I said, I, I respect it. I know... A lot of things that Amber said were right, although I think she just was way too, like, Amberish about it. And it's like, okay, settle down. You quote-unquote won, so, like, just calm down. You don't need to, She eviscerated for, like, five straight minutes. I'm sure maybe it was worse than that because they probably edited it down. Right. But 
Jessica could have very easily been like, shut up, bitch. Like, you know, just kind of gone at her and got into a whole Carlton Diamond thing. And she didn't. So shouts out to her. Yeah. Know. She didn't show up oh, in a hat saying mama and throw it in someone's face. Yeah. So she's you know better than Carlton. But yeah. I thought she looked kind of like a mess in that, though. She, she still looked like, I don't know. I don't think she looked great. I thought she looked, you know, like it can clearly have been bothering her. I'm sure that she had been through some shit. So I don't know. Well, I mean, Steve, we are doing a two-hour podcast talking about what a shitty human she is. <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. and we are not the only ones. I can't imagine that watching you know that back that? is easy. You know what I feel about that, though? You ever seen the meme of it's somebody serving somebody something and like, hey, here's the attention you ordered? Well, that's what I feel about Jessica. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it is shitty that all your shit got aired out publicly, but, like, this is kind of what you wanted. So, I don't know. Am I supposed to be sad for you? Like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't feel badly for her, but I'm just saying it. Okay, so there's all things about us in our personalities and our personal lives, especially when we're drinking, that we've said or done that we're not proud of or that if given the moment, we wish we could have taken back. And especially if that were to be aired in front of the entire country. I'm not saying that she's a good person, but I am saying it might have been a wake-up call for her to say, yeah, and she even admitted it, like, yeah, I was drinking way too much. I'm not proud of the way that I acted. I really had to do some self-reflection here and realize that there was a, there's been a lot of patterns in my life that I, I probably should break, and, you know, I just, I thought in that moment, what else is she going to say other than, yeah, I sucked, and I, I watched it too, guys, and it was hard to watch, and it sucked. <laughs> it was awkward. Yeah, I get it. it no, was you're awkward. right, you're right. And then Amber... Going at her like that, like I said, Amber probably had been waiting for that moment for months. I mean, this is a girl that thrives on conflict. And I mean, you just have to look at her sideways and she's like, I will slit your throat. She just wants to be a tough ass bitch. An ex-tank mechanic is what she is. So did you really think that after watching Jessica try to convince Barnett to break up with her on national TV that she was going to show up and be like, hey, listen, you're a manipulative asshole and this is my husband so I won she was going to get aggressive and wear a really low-cut dress and make her point known yeah again like we get it you have fake boobs like <laughs> do, do we like do we have to does this have to be the main showcase every time we see you um but yeah that other than the fake boobs she, her aggressiveness was the, the other thing the other main thing that I took from that and as I said you won like you quote unquote won you are married you're happy why do you have to stoop down to that level I, maybe she's still really mad and I, maybe she isn't super classy I have no idea I'm not you know I don't I, I think we can make a guess but <laughs> I just thought we she can came deduce off looking, it yeah I just thought she came off looking pretty shitty there and uh so there you go uh shittier than Burnett's jacket Mm, I don't think anything was shittier than Barnett's jacket. So okay. No. Okay. Good. I'm glad we're in agreement there. Okay. Lauren and Cameron, they're together. Super cute. Giannina and Damian, we've already touched on this. They're back together, dating, not engaged, living in separate houses. Jessica and Mark. Jessica, she's seen better days. As Steve, as Steve, you mentioned, she did look a little weathered, like she's been yeah. um, suffering a bit. Mark. I have to say, it looked like he was thriving. Mark was like, yo, I'm single. We're cool, Jessica. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of girls in America in his DMs being like, I don't care that you're small. I think you're really cute and we can work out together. And I think that you're a great guy. I'm sure he's been getting a lot of female attention after this. So I think Mark is doing well. I'm trying to think, would you be friends with any of the girls on the show? You know the answer to that. 
There's only one that I thought I could kind of be friends with, and it would most likely Who, be like, Lauren? yeah, it would be like that's my work, yeah. my work friend, and we do lunches together. Yeah, because I just keep thinking about it. I'm like, man, Mark is just—he just isn't somebody that I would be friends with. Would you like, be I friends with just, any of them? I wouldn't be friends with Mark. With, uh, no, probably not. Wait, probably not. you wouldn't be friends with Carlton? <laughs> I would not be. Well, yeah, I don't know if we have a ton in common. Maybe Cameron, but probably not. No. Um, no, you know what? I feel like you and Cameron, you would be the type of people that met in a situation that you were both thrust into. Let's say it's, okay, let's say Maddie is friends with Lauren and you guys meet at a dinner party, okay? You're like, oh, Cameron, this guy's kind of a dork. And then he's like, you know what movie I love? Interstellar. And let me tell you yep. all the science in space behind Interstellar. And you're going to be like, tell me everything. We are you know best what? friends. Great call. Cameron is one of the friends of one of Maddie's girlfriends that I don't mind hanging out with decently cool guy but we're probably not hanging out solo no you never hang out solar and every time you hang out you talk about space definitely like there's a go-to scripted conversation that yeah. happens yeah you definitely. talk about space 100%. you drink ipas and then you go home at night but you've Ooh, never not an ipa guy bummer well, oh yeah you're not well he's probably an ipa guy right he seems like an ipa guy yeah, yeah i mean he's from maine right i just assume that there are rocking ipas out there but either definitely. way my point is you don't follow each other on instagram and you're not going to be texting each other outside of your assigned group hangs Exactly. Yeah. But you're friendly. Actually, yeah. Yeah. We'll be friendly. But I mean, Mark would be a guy that I could not be around. I don't think. Don't think I could be around. Why? Him. Because he's so mentally weak. Well, I shouldn't say that because I'm certainly. I mean, there are you know friends of friends that you're like, oh god, this person. Mark would be that person to be like, oh man, I gotta hang out with Mark today. Dude, what the hell are we gonna talk about? Cool. He's gonna talk about how much he wants to find his person and God and this, this, and that. I'm good. But he, that's the kind of person that Mark is. Like, I'd be stuck hanging out with Mark and I would complain about it. You know what Mark is? Mark's the guy that shows up at the same dinner party. Like with Cameron, Cameron has one speed. Whether Cameron's talking about being in love, science, being angry, whatever, his emotions on the Richter scale do not register up or down. I mean, remember Lauren's dad was like, I would like him to show a little bit more emotion. He's a little too chill for me. He is yep. one speed. He is one plane. You know, Mark is the guy that shows up and you're chatting with him and you're like, oh, I like Bundesliga too. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> soccer. And then he's like, yeah, you know, I love Messi. And then you're chatting about soccer. And then the next thing you know, Marcus had two apple martinis and he's salsa dancing with all the girls crying about his yep. feelings. Definitely, definitely. De Mark is definitely the kind of guy that talks to other girls about his feelings, for sure. Right, but but in the beginning, you have enough of a common ground to where you think that, oh, I could vibe with Mark, but by the end of the night, you're like, mm. oh, who fed Mark apple martinis? I don't like guys. Tell me if this is me being a dick. I've definitely come across this in my life. I just don't vibe well with guys that are outwardly obsessed and can't be without their significant other. Everybody knows like, I don't feel like I have to reiterate this. Maddie is Maddie's my person, blah, 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 you know, like, <laughs> do that whole thing. But, like, I don't feel the need to go out and tell everybody in the world about it. And I think I would ease it. Mark, and Mark's that kind of guy. Mark's the kind of guy that wants to talk about all these different things and, you know, whatever, his girl. I think I'd find that out really fast, and it would be a problem really fast. I have two questions before we get into our power rankings and we can wrap this up. All right. So, yeah, we both agree that we wouldn't be friends with any of the people on this show. Who is the person on the male side of this that you relate with the least? If they were all in a room and you had to pick one person to vote off the island to where you were like, we could never be friends. There is not one thing about you that I like at all. Who would it be? 
it's hard to say because the easy one is Carlton, right? Because, but I also only feel like I know a lot about him, you know. And he only had one bad blow up. I mean, yeah. I'm not absolving it, but like I said, every other time he talked, he was very gentle and seemed like a very nice guy. I didn't really like his personality a ton, so. But again, I, I, you didn't really get exposed to it a ton, and then the blow up at the end makes it. So I don't, I don't know. Like I don't know if it's him, Mark, as I just mentioned. I think, like I said, Cameron, I would be fine. Who else is there? Damien. Kenny, I don't think Kenny. Damien, I don't think I would like at all. Way too weirdly serious, and I don't know. He's kind of an odd guy. Kenny seems a little bit too weird for me. Like we did. Not that he's a bad guy. I just feel like I don't think we'd have anything in common. It would be a little bit weird. So. I don't know, I guess Carlton, but I don't feel super great about that. Yeah, when I look at the girl side, Lauren, I could definitely get salads with and really like her. and talk. Mm-hmm. She's a content creator, so we could have that in common. Diamond, we don't have a ton in common, but she quoted Beyonce, so we could bond over that. It yeah, could be know, like, she, have, she's into sports. Yeah, you think, you NBA know, dancer. I, get that. I could be like, have you, let's talk about Homecoming, the Netflix special, and we could definitely talk about that. Kelly is super boring. But I feel like I could. Yeah. She's nice enough that I could suffer through it. Giannina is insane, but I feel like she's nope. she's the girl that I could go out with one time and have a ton of tequila shots and have a super weird night with. But we could That's at least have a, like one wild fun time. Jessica is an insane basic bitch that clearly has some self loathing issues, but I've dealt with that before. The Jessicas of the world, I know how to I feel handle. Like you know a lot of Jessicas. Yeah, I feel like you do know a lot of Jessicas. I'm not friends with any of the Jessicas, but I've been around them. If I that feel makes like you sense. would know a lot of jessica's and yeah you know a lot of giannina's they're right. very different mm-hmm. but that's very much college girl yep. especially the sorority deal 100 percent. Um, i'm not friends with you, you know, but i know i know how to tackle educated, you educated but yes. like kind of a mess total yeah. mess with jessica even though she's a mess and manipulative i know in that moment to shove pizza in her face and hold her hair back as she throws up yep. and then lock the door i know how to exit that situation giannina same thing she gets a little too wild i'm gonna feed you tequila until you pass out i know how to deal with that i'm voting yep. amber off the island because i am so afraid of her i'm so afraid of her i don't mm-hmm. know how else to say it i truly believe that she could commit murder and walk away and not feel badly about it and that scares uh, me. Yeah, you and Amber would not. I don't think you have anything in common. Anything. <laughs> Other than the fact that you like big dudes. Yeah, we we definitely have that in common. But you'd be competing with her, so it wouldn't be it wouldn't be good. She'd probably threaten to kill you. And I would bow out, so I would definitely not compete <laughs> with her. She would look at me once and say, "If you look at Barnett again, I will cut your face off like Hannibal Lecter." And I would be like, "You'll be like, yeah, yeah, you will. Yeah, I have no I doubt that you will do that." I wasn't even <laughs> looking at him; I was looking at the football game behind his head. I'm so sorry. I, one more thing about the reunion: the Carlton Diamond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> your disdain for it is everything mm-hmm. right now. When he got on his knee to propose that they start something beautiful again, but not be engaged and made her put some ring back on. You know what? I'm voting Carlton <laughs> off the island. I, I, that has dissuaded me. Carlton's off the island. So, I, that's insane. I mean, Jessica, or I keep calling her Jessica, but it's Vanessa Lachey, not Jessica Simpson. <laughs> Vanessa Lachey was like, so Diamond, you know, we can all agree that you close that door. And Diamond's like, yes, when a man disrespects you like that and calls you a bitch, I don't think that any woman should have to deal with that. So no, that door is closed. We're not together. And Carlton's like, what'd you say? Oh, wait, I'm on my knee. Let's start something beautiful together. <laughs> Why would you get on your knees 
and propose an apology. Why is that a? Th- why would that be an idea that goes through your head? Like you know what? I got it. This is gonna be. This is gonna be fire. We're gonna be good. Like I'm gonna. I'm gonna propose to her, but not marriage. Just propose that I apologize to her. And in addition to that, not marriage, not romantic, but please put it on your engagement ring finger. Yeah, it was all of it was uncomfortable. And you're right, Carlton, get off the island. You're done. You're out. You and Amber have a great time on the beach. To wrap this up, now that we've done a super deep dive into Love is Blind, given that this is the Small Talk Pod. By the way, when they kept talking about the pods, weren't you annoyed because we talk about our pod and we say pod? It was just a lot of pods happening. Yeah, too many pods, yeah. Too many pods. So now that we've done this emergency Love is Blind pod, and this is our small talk pod, we have to do what we do best, and that's the power ranking. So, Steve, let's power rank the Love is Blind couples from least amount of hate to maximum amount of hate. So we've got Jessica, Mark, Giannina, Damian, Kenny and Kelly, Lauren, Cameron, Barnett and Amber, Diamond and Carlton I'm throwing in there, even though she beyonce out pretty early. And guess what? I'm throwing Nick Lachey and Vanessa in there as well because if you're going to steal a paycheck, you're involved in the conversation, okay? That's fair. All right, so how do you want to do this? Do you want to give your list, I give my list, or do we want to do our number sevens and then we go by number? Let's go. So we're going from least hate to most hate. Least hate to most hate, because this is the love is blind. I hate you as a couple power rankings. I think we're going to go. Let's do one at a time. We'll each give our ours one at a time. We'll go that way, because I think I think we're going to be similar in this. I do. Okay. so checking in at number seven for me, the couple that I hated the least was Lauren and Cameron. I think that they're a solid couple. I think that they both have amazing demeanors. They both seem very mature and responsible and truly in love. And I think it's going to work out for those two crazy kids. So I hate them the least. Uh, I'm right there with you. They were my favorite couple, and uh, I'm the most happy, I think, since they made it work out. And, you know, like I said, I think, I don't know if I'd be friends with Cameron, but he seems like the most all right of all the dudes. Most right of all the dudes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And Lauren is, I thought Lauren was the coolest girl the entire time. Totally. Like I said, my, my salad friend over lunch. All right. Yeah. Checking in at number six for me, and I think this might be a surprise to you. I'm going with Giannina and Damien. <laughs> <laughs> And here's what, here's why, here's why. Hear me out. I truly think that as this process went along, they started to let their guards down a little bit more with each other and adapt to real life. And I also think they've been through a lot and they still are together and dating and that they're doing it the right way. And I respect the hell out of that because I promise you, if a guy that I met in a pod made me get in a wedding dress in front of my friends and family and a national television audience, and then when I got up there, pulled a punk move and said, no, I'm not ready to marry you, even though I told you five seconds ago how in love I was with you, I would not be dating him back in my normal life. But Giannina was like, hey... I cut my hair off and have a really chic lob, and I realized that I was insane, and I'm not going to test him like that anymore, and now we're dating, and it's normal, and we have our own space, and it's comfortable for us, and Damien was like, yeah, I'm super sad that I had to do that, and I hate that I caused her pain and her family and friends pain, but we weren't ready to get married, and so after watching them on the reunion, I was like, you know what, you two, I hate you a little less. Totally disagree. Uh, I'll get to that later. (laughs) I've got Kenny and Kelly at six. Yes, it didn't work out, but... They were two of the more normal people in the entire thing, and I thought that they were both very classy, handled themselves well. And even though I can disagree with the reasons behind Kelly not wanting to get married to Kenny, I can respect it. So 
and also because I think I don't think they made me angry one time during the entire show. Like, mm-hmm. I never was like, "What the hell are they doing? This is stupid." Maybe like the like you said, the teddy bear and the bed thing was a little bit weird. That was like my only critique maybe of them. And then as I mentioned, the uh, corduroy. Uh, blazer was a little bit weird too but if that's the worst thing about you then you're probably doing all right so i have them coming at number six i like your reasonings i actually have kenny and kelly checking in at number five for all the same reasons they were both incredibly boring and seemed super normal and i think that it's so sad that they didn't end up together and i think if Kelly's being honest with herself she regrets that because i think she probably watched it back and was like wait Kenny was kind of boring and I didn't have sex with him, but he's a great guy. And who am I to judge? I have a teddy bear in bed and I'm a 33-year-old woman. So, and she's single now. And she, she's I mean, single. She, she wasn't dating anybody. So that's why I said that. I wonder if she regrets that because are you really going to find something better than that? Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to do this thing. Hey, but let's, like, not, like let's a, not age shame, okay? Some of us are single in our 30s, Steve. <laughs> that's why I've got to stop myself. But no, she had found Jesus. somebody who she clearly was happy to be around and then turned it down. It's different from your situation. So I look at them and I go, they had some flaws, but their flaws like weren't as bad as some of the other ones that we'll get to in a second. I dropped them down a notch because of the teddy bear. Adult people that have stuffed animals in their bed freak me out. You know how some people have an aversion to clowns? If you're a girl and you have a stuffed animal in your bed in your 30s, that weirds me out. So I just, I had to drop them down a notch. So who who do you have in as number five, Steve? Number five, this might be surprising. I have Amber and Barnett. Oh my God. You love them together. I can't understand (laughs) it. I can't. (laughs) So, well, one, they worked out, so I should be happy for them. We should put some stock in, you know, they went through the process and I thought that they were really nice and they clearly love each other and- you know, it worked out for them, and they didn't mess around. Barnett had plenty of opportunities to potentially hook up with Jessica or screw this thing up. He didn't. Amber, for as crazy as she is, has always been very adamant about how much she, she loves and likes and wants to be around Barnett. And, you know, yes, they have flaws. Like, I, don't, like I said, I don't, wouldn't be friends with either of them, and I think they could be a little bit trashy, and I don't agree with Barnett's style choices from time to time. I think Amber <laughs> proved her out way too much. But let's be honest, they seem to be happy, and I respect that, and I like that. I mean, I don't know if they're likable, but I I guess I respect them more, so that's why I have them higher on this list. We're kind of one-off here because I have Barnett and Amber checking in at number four. For similar reasons as you, Barnett turned out to be a much better guy than I thought he was, as I've mentioned, and I ended up really liking him. He pulled an A-Rod on me, and I think similar to A-Rod, he is okay being loud and flashy, but will talk about his love for his woman and I really appreciated that and as much as Amber scares me and we would never be friends I do have to say that I appreciated her honesty throughout the entire process Uh, to use her words she was not a shysty bitch I couldn't even get through that she was not a shysty (laughs) bitch like Jessica Yeah. and I think that even her flaws she was super open about she was like yeah I have a credit card for just makeup and I'm in a lot of debt. And guess what? I don't want to work. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. And to put all that out there, despite how it might not be, you know, quote unquote, socially acceptable to admit all of that was super brave of her. And I think for them to have a foundation in a relationship, it was important that she was so honest about that. But most of all, I checked in with them where I did because even though Amber is terrifying, she will ride or die for Barnett her entire life. Yep. Barnett... Definitely. 
can do the dumbest thing and she'll be like, that's my baby. That's him. That's my boo-boo. And I, On the other hand, though, she'll kill him. If she will she kill him. Yeah, she'll definitely <laughs> yeah. kill him. I think the next time we see Amber and Barnett, it might be on a Keith Morrison Dateline episode. But either way, love is going, to be, is going yep. to be super hot between them. <laughs> she might burn his house down like like Lisa Left Eye Lopez. But hey, it's, it's because those fires burn bright inside of her. Yeah. I totally agree. All right, so we're one off there. Our biggest disagreement then, do you want me to do? Who do you have at number four? All right, so number four, I've got Vanessa and Nick. And I put them here because I just don't know enough about them, and they weren't in it enough, so I put them right in the middle. As I said earlier, like not a huge 98 Degrees fan, not a huge Nick Lachey fan. Um, I thought he came off like kind of weird in the show, to be honest with you. But the thing that I didn't know is what you told me about Vanessa, I don't. I've, I've never even heard of. I don't even know who Vanessa is. I've never heard of her in my entire life. You sent me the picture of her. Basically, what was she doing with uh, Lindsay Lohan? I don't even okay. know. Like, this weird thing going on. Yeah. So, so that definitely knocked her down a few spots for me. Even never, even though I've never heard of her in my entire life. To give some context, I certainly was a girl that loved me some Us Weekly back in the early two thousands, and I loved Newlyweds. I loved Nick and Jessica together. I was so sad when they got divorced, even though it was inevitable. And then Nick Lachey. 98 Degrees, underrated boy band. We've touched on this. He goes solo. (laughs) Properly written. He goes solo and has a song called What's Left of Me about his breakup with Jessica. And Vanessa played the love interest in that video, weirdly enough. She was in like a Miss Teen USA or something that was an MTV VJ. I didn't think she was that, that good, honestly, as a host. But she's in that song with him, and then they get together. And they end up getting married, and now they have three ki- three or four kids together. I mean, happy for them. That's probably why I have them number four. Like, you got to respect them being married here. So I'm putting that some stock into that couple's deal. But I'm not a huge fan of him at all. And w- talk to me about the Lindsay Lohan thing you sent me then. Oh, yes. Yeah. So you were like, I don't even know who they are. Because I had texted you as I was watching this being like. I've never heard of her in my life. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what the hell are Nick and Vanessa Lachey doing here? They seem so forced. They're really bad at this. They're not natural at all on camera. I can't believe she was a VJ and that he's hosted things because they're so forced and weird. And you're like, I don't even know who she is. So I said, she's the girl that took the knife photos with Lindsay Lohan back in the day. And you were like, what? So I sent you these photos. If you haven't seen this, please Google it. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, there, when she went there. through her spiral back in the day, when she was anorexic and boozing, and she's out with Paris Hilton and Britney Spears and the whole bit, had a really weird night with Vanessa Manillo, now Vanessa Lachey, where they both were super fucked up and they took these massive kitchen knives and took these photos, putting them up to each other's throats, acting like they were going to pull an amber and kill each other. And it was very weird. Yeah, so that alone probably skewed it even more i might have had them higher but not after seeing that no no way i put them right in the middle because i almost like i almost nothing them like i i don't know them enough but some of those things have put me off a little bit so that's why they come in at number four for me so again we're one off i have nick and vanessa coming in at number three and i didn't really have an opinion about them before this show i was just like oh nick lachey he fell in love after that really messy jessica simpson situation good for him and she's so pretty and they have all these beautiful kids seems like they have a nice life i watched them on this show and i just thought 
you guys are like the football coach in the NFL that was an offensive coordinator and had success once, but it, it's because you were on Bill Belichick's staff. You know what they are? They're Josh McDaniels, okay? They were on Belichick's staff, meaning that in the early 2000s, they had some sort of success, and then they keep getting recycled, even though they aren't good at what they do outside of that one moment in time, right? McDaniels, no success in Denver. He sucked here in St. Louis. He left the Colts at the altar. He's unproven outside of Brady and Belichick. We actually don't know if he's any good at his job. Nick Lachey and Jess, or and see, I keep calling her Jessica. Vanessa Manolo, uh-huh. they were famous for one moment in time, but they keep getting recycled for like a Dancing with the Stars or to be hosts on this show. And they're not good at it. They're not good at it. They're very unnatural. It's very forced. And to be honest, for people who've been married this long and have all these kids, they didn't seem to have great chemistry with each other. You're right. I thought she was okay, especially when she was talking about some of the relationship stuff in the reunion show. Oh. Every time Nick asked a question, I'm like, dude, what? See, I thought the opposite. I thought he was more relatable than she was. She would be like, is love really blind? And it was just no. so exaggerated and cheesy and weird. Yeah, we have them in the same spot. The major disagreement that I have, and I'll get to mine now, is uh, coming in, what is this, number what? three? Number three for me. I have Giannina and Damon. <laughs> Uh, I don't like them. I, I really don't. And I, it's mostly because, and they're so different. I, li- I dislike them for different reasons. I don't like her because she just scares the hell out of me. I think she's crazy. She's too emotional. The idea that she actually wanted to get married in that moment is insane to me. Like Damon actually I thought made a, a, a correct choice. But then he is, you're right, he's super boring. I don't know. Like I just feel like they have no chemistry together. They're very weird. They're one of those couples that have angry breakup sex. And, and like, put, are, you know, wait, do they do pull a Lindsay and Vanessa and do it with the knives? <laughs> Maybe, but you know, you know what I thought. Have you ever seen "I Love You, Man"? Yeah, of course. They remind me of the couple. Uh, is it John Farva and the, and who's the skinny blonde chick? The one oh, that Leslie uh, Paul Man Rudd throws up all over. Yeah. Where, like they don't actually like each other, but they're somehow married, and they just like oh, have no. angry sex. What's her name? Jamie King. I don't know what her name is. I, she's like a she's like a skinny blonde. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Jamie um, King. And they just like constantly kind of shit on each other, and they and they seem like they hate each other, but they're actually married. That's my vibe from them. And I just. I just I wouldn't even want to be around them. They argue about stupid things. They're irrationally emotional, especially her. So that's why I have them them as my third least favorite couple. Oh, it's by the way, Jamie Priestley. Yes, 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 yes. They're hilarious in the movie, but in real life, I would hate hanging out with those people. Are you more afraid of Amber or Giannina? Amber, for sure. But, <laughs> but G, yeah, definitely Amber. I mean, it, it's not even fair though because Amber is a, a like I don't doubt that when Amber says something threatening to you that she will execute whatever she says to if need be Giannina I feel like is more of the she says stuff and she's emotional and she probably she's the one that like kind of says shitty things to you but I don't think she'll physically threaten you no and if she did she's just drunk and she won't actually do it yeah Giannina is the one that'll tell you that you're bad at sex Amber's the one that'll tell you that she'll kill you they're two very different things (laughs) yeah Giannina will say something cutting that hurts you and Amber will actually cut you yeah this is a great Perfect, perfect, perfect line. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Coming in at number two for me is Diamond and Carlton. I mean, he showed up wearing a hat that said daddy and it was not ironic. So you're the worst. You're in at number two. I don't care what you ever do after that. You called Diamond a bitch. You kept a big secret from her and you wore a daddy hat. I just can never get past the daddy hat. Yep. Terrible. They were uncomfortable. Every time I think... In Mexico, they were uncomfortable. Like, I didn't mind them in the pods. I didn't love them. But, no, definitely, they're they're my number two as well. I didn't love Diamond either. Like, I kind of felt like she, 
I don't think she handled the situation as poorly as some people make it out to be. Like, I think people wanted to make her out to be a homophobe. I didn't, I didn't get that vibe oh, from I her didn't at either. all. I, I, think she, I think she just got dropped some crazy information. Right. And I just think it didn't work out. It is what it is. But I just never felt like they had a great connection. And then they obviously had the massive blow up firmly in at number two. So both of us have the same number one then. The number Sorry. one worst couple in our Love is Blind power rankings has to be Jessica and Mark. Definitely. Without a doubt, they are the absolute worst. I dislike the two of them more than any other. If we're ranking like the individual people, they would be one and two. So the fact that they're a couple, to me, I mean, this is the biggest slam dunk of all time. I love that you hate Mark just as much as you hate Jessica, oh, if not more. Because, yeah. oh. dude, have some respect for yourself. I mean, I've said, it, I've said it before, but the idea that you can keep saying that this is your girl when she repeatedly is not your girl and is clearly into other dudes and literally tells you to your face that she likes another dude, have some respect for yourself. I just I can't get down with guys like that. So I honestly think if we ranked them, I would dislike Mark more than I dislike Jessica. So he would come in at number one. She would come in at number two. I think he two. would. Wow. I think I think so. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, they suck. They're at the top of the power rankings, and I'm so glad that she said no because imagine if they would have gotten married. Ugh, terrible. I mean, it would have been funny, and I kind of wish it did happen because he wanted it to happen so bad that I'm like, all right, dude, you get what you wish for. But we really want them to be happy, especially him. He dodged a bullet for sure. Do you feel better now that we've done a major deep dive on every nook and cranny of Love is Blind? Yeah, I mean, listen, who else is doing two plus hours on Love is Blind? What's up? (laughs) Honestly, small talk, you're home for Love is Blind content. I mean, I feel like we're maybe the most versatile podcast there is. Who else has our range? I don't even know. Like, Seriously, I don't like who else is. You know, the next thing. I was listening to, I, I never listened to the show, but I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast with the coronavirus expert on it. And I did sort of say, oh, this guy, like, it's, it's got to be pretty talented. You have to be pretty talented to be able to, like, tackle that many topics. So I do respect him for that. But I was thinking, too, I was like, well, on Small Talk, we talk about literally everything. We talk about sports, relationship yeah. advice. Mm-hmm. I mean, we rank things. We hate on things. Like, it's, there's really no genre. And that's why the person who described our podcast is what, the Seinfeld of the podcast. It's just about nothing. It's probably the most accurate description ever. So I want to challenge anyone who can go from doing sports to doing a Love is Blonde to doing two-plus hours on Love is Blonde. And honestly, I was listening back to the pod that we did the last time. We talked about Taylor Swift and women's struggles. Yep. And we talk about nothing but everything all at the same time, Steve. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think either of us claim to be an expert on anything. We're just giving our opinions. Right. And I think that's what makes it good. And so I'm happy that not only did I surprisingly enjoy Love is Blind, but I was actually (laughs) able to use the 10 hours that I watched the show and put it into something useful into the podcast. So, you know, we're killing two birds with one stone here. But when you just said we wasted 10 hours watching the show. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then wasted like an- wasted as much. Oh, and then we wasted another two talking about it. I really don't know yeah. if we should be proud of yeah. that or angry. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, we're the idiots here. We're the ones that are that are sucked into this content. So you know, I guess we have nobody to blame but ourselves. I think it was good. And and you're right about last week's pod. Like I actually I listened to, uh, back to a part of it. And I did like our conversation about Taylor, and I also love talking about World War II. So. You know, we talk about range. We go from history to women's rights to reality dating to sports. I mean, halftime shows. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, we should just really work on some coronavirus and make it super topical. I don't know if I have a coronavirus podcast in me. I don't really have a ton of coronavirus takes. Uh, That's literally what I would leave to the experts. Well, I'll give you this. Here's your coronavirus take. Someone in St. Louis has coronavirus, and I have to just quickly tell you the story because as soon as I read this, I was like, Steve needs to know about this. So a girl who was studying abroad in Italy flew home. 
and she had coronavirus. She landed, was not feeling good. They took her family, took her to the hospital, and um, she tested positive for it. So the health department or whatever the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, said to the family, because they were the people who had been in direct contact with her, you guys are quarantined, okay? You cannot leave your house until the incubation period, two to 14 days is over. You have to stay home. And the dad said, fuck your quarantine. I'm taking my daughter to the father-daughter dance at the local, at the Ritz. It was a high school, private high school dance at the Ritz. And so he went People found out that the daughter had coronavirus and that the dad went to the gym. He went to a coffee shop. He went to the to the Ritz. He went to a family's house for photos before. And so all these places in St. Louis, including high schools, had to be shut down in case the dad also had coronavirus or the daughter and had given it to anybody else. And he didn't tell anybody. No, he just like showed up and was like, hey, what's up? Let's That's, get coffee or go to the dance. That. Isn't that you, insane? You should, you should be arrested for that. I was at my workout class on Monday, and the women in the locker room were pissed. They were pissed. One of them was like, my kid goes to the high school and is at home right now, and we're freaking out. Another one's like, this family lives in my neighborhood. How dare they go out of their house? Like, who do they think they are? People in St. Louis, pissed. You should be, I'm not even joking. That should be a criminal offense. What? <laughs> how incredibly selfish of you right. to put, I mean, I don't, like, I'm not saying anything. I don't think everybody else probably thinks the same thing. Oh, this so is whatever, not a hot but, take, what you're spewing here. But yeah, I was just like, I, Steve, the guy who would look at this as a very black and white situation, I was like, I have to tell Steve about the St. Louis coron- coronavirus. Nothing happened. They don't, they don't get in trouble. They just, that's it. Cool. You've just exposed a bunch of other people unnecessarily to this virus that could kill them. That's sick. Good job, bro. <laughs> so his lawyer, I guess, spoke on the local news and was saying they did not get the quarantine order and then the cdc is like no we gave it to you like here's the yeah, letter no, that's bullshit. That's absolute <laughs> so, bullshit. wow i know so now people in st louis are basically like okay is this going to be only this one daughter had it and no one else in the family had it so it's no it's no reason to panic are we in for this to spread like wildfire here in the loo <laughs> That man, that's crazy. Because I also, my, one of my cousins was in Italy, studying abroad in Italy, and she had to come home, but she didn't. Have, I mean, luckily, didn't have it. But gosh, that's that is uh, that's next level stupidity and selfishness. I mean, that really is. That's that's. <laughs> I was just gonna say to tie it all together, that's like being the Jessica of the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're basically just unnecessary and extra <laughs> <laughs> all the time. <laughs> And you're just you're putting other people's well-being, not maybe not physically, but in in Jessica's case, emotionally in in, in peril. So, yeah, yeah, correct. Jessica was the emotional coronavirus of love is blind. (laughs) She was. Exactly. She was. Man. uh, Man. She infected everyone. Infected everyone. With her with her negativity and her, you know, (laughs) shittiness, just overall shittiness, really. Small talk, you're home for coronavirus updates in St. Louis. <laughs> well, Steve, thank you for introducing me to Love is Blind. Thank you for doing this podcast. And honestly, it's been real. I can't. I, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not even, I don't have a response to that. We got to stop doing the, the it's real thing. I stopped doing it on the show because it was so bad. I needed to stop. Okay, but then I need another sign-off because we don't do Goodnight Boston anymore because of the Stanley Cup final, and I need, I just can't say bye. I don't know how it's to end real. it. <laughs> so I real. say it's been real. It's really one of the it's one of the worst things I've ever done. It really is, and I'm truly embarrassed. I know. I laugh about it every time I say it because it just sounds so clunky and awful. At least with Goodnight Boston, it's like, Goodnight Boston. It's like a, a cheesy way to send it off, but with this, it's like, it's been real. Right, I hate it. Real. I know. I know. See? But now I need 
another way to end it, so I don't know what to do. So that's your homework, is you have to think of a way to end the pod now. I still haven't figured out a proper way to end my show with Scout. So it's so weird. It's such an odd thing. Like, how do I say goodbye every day the same way? And I don't have a way. I just kind of just say goodbye. I'm like, all right, Scout, I'll catch you tomorrow. <laughs> like, later, man. I'll it's catch- basically like I'm having a phone conversation with him. Oh, wait, I like that, though. I'll catch you tomorrow. We can say I'll catch you next week. Catch you next week. All right. There you go. Because most shows catch, like. Catch you next week, Boston. There you go. Ugh. But we don't talk about Boston anymore. They were our mortal enemy and we beat them. So why bring it up? That's true. That's true. Other shows have it made in the shade because they just say, I remember Rosella would be like, Bomani Jones is next. I know. It's <laughs> here, perfect. Yeah. Here you're like, the fast lane coming up next. It's just so easy to throw it to the next show. And here it's like, catch you on the flippity flip. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> this from the office. I should just say, all right, what's up, Jobin? Oh, my what's way up, Jobin? Later, Jobin. Okay, maybe that's it. Later, Jobin. From now on, later we'll just Jobin. say later, later, Jobin. But for now, we'll just end it with, it's been Take real. It yeah, it's been real. Take it easy. Sit back. Relax. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. It's time for a review on the Small Talk Podcast with Michelle Smallman, brought to you by Land Rover St. Louis. Since we've already kept you more than two hours, I will make this review quick. This comes from JT Madtown. Review week made, five stars. Love listening to this podcast, especially the versions, including Saruti. Always a fun listen, regardless of the subject. The development of the crew planning a trip to Madison for Halloween 2020 made my week. I've lived here for nearly four years, and Halloween in Madtown is incredible. Count this as my vote for a small talk pod meetup. Thanks, as always, for the A-plus content this pod brings. JT Madtown, thank you for the review. We will officially count you in for Madison and you know what, Steve and I have some time on our hands, so we need to really, really get that done. We will arrange that trip. We will arrange a pod meetup. And honestly, it's something positive that we can all look forward to. Thank you again to Steve. Thank you to Anthony for putting this all together. And thank you for listening. As you heard when I was wrapping up with Steve, we've been looking for a new sign-off for the pod. So let's workshop one. This won't be permanent, but... It seems pretty relevant for this week. We'll be back in action soon, but until then, stay calm, stay positive, stay healthy, and wash your hands. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.